All right. Hey, we are live. It is the Squadcast here on a Tuesday night. Thank you for checking in. I'm producer Clark. I got Mad Max to my right. Max, how are you doing tonight, my good man? Fantastic, my friend. I tell you what, it's a very nostalgic night. People can maybe tell from the set here. The Ducks are returning to their mighty roots tonight. The debut of their reverse retro jerseys. I'll get my hat flipped around. This logo was iconic. Growing up oh, in yeah. my childhood, I know it was in years too. So it's pretty fantastic to see those threads finally debut on the ice. Love to see it. Now, I again, I go just like going straight off the deep end here. But I wish instead of their, instead of the the ones that they, the mighty yeah. wing or the whatever they called it, uh, wild wing, wild wing. Thank you. Yep. Sorry, sorry, Ducks fans. That's okay. You uh, really I wish they would have, but that's fine. I wish they would have brought back the ones that they wore in Mighty Ducks D two uh, when they changed their jerseys at the, the end white, of the game. Yeah. The the white with the eggplant diagonal line. So how do you reverse that, though? They kind of had the reverse retro yeah. thing going back on because really the eggplant iconic one was just the inverse of that. So I wonder. Did I they know. ever have um, a teal version, of, like the, the the teal hat? They could have made the whole jersey teal with eggplant trim. Well, they did. The, that was the original Wild Wing. They did the teal with yeah. the Wild Wing. But they never did that ice. jersey with the full teal See, that's jersey. that's the thing about the Mighty Ducks. They had so many jerseys. That was kind, yeah. of, that was kind of their shtick as a franchise. They came yeah. up with so many different renditions. There I think that would have been the only way you though. could, like, like reverse retro that yeah. though because they came they already had a purple they've mm-hmm. had white i don't know if they've ever done that color with that logo i'm well, not sure what they're do they're doing tonight and i mean to the chagrin of a lot of fans it's a lot better than whatever the orange county <laughs> theme that they got going on now and my buddy brad sanko will agree with me they are one of the worst jersey sets in the entire league yeah. so i don't know anything that has to do with mighty anything with teal the jade the eggplant i'm all for it and as you can see with that iconic lid we've got displayed on our desk right there it's uh like i said it's nostalgia time today all the pictures of paul and timu uh, oh it's fantastic can't be mad at it no. uh thanks for everybody for tuning in you are the squad you are the fanalists and uh this is the squad cast presented by rockstar supply chain solutions our good friends roxanne and darnell over there are doing a great job mm-hmm. make sure you give them a call if you need any help figuring out what you need for your business and how to get it and how to streamline everything they make it easy for you and save you the headache so make sure if you have a business uh you check out Roxanne and Darnell today at Rockstar Supply Chains. Uh, Rockstar.com, I believe, is their website. You can check them out there, and uh, they'll hook you up. Uh, As always, throughout the night, ask us anything. Uh, You can ask us anything throughout the night, and we will try to get to it. Uh, A big shout-out right now to Janelle Barkman, who just sent us some Facebook stars, Max. Uh, Massive shout-out. Janelle Barkman's one of the big fans that we've had. Thank you very much, Janelle. I love the support. And Facebook stars, they're still new to me. I'm still figuring them out, but hey, I love getting them, and if you do send in Facebook stars at all throughout the night, we will give you a big shout out. We'll take time out of the show to give you a shout out. So how about that? Um, With that in mind, Max, how about you break down today's show? I can give it a go, my good sir. Sure. Alrighty, we're shipping up to Boston for episode 24. Sorry, Jamie, I know you're in there saying about the ugly Bruins jersey, but hey, like I said... We're hey, sh- this is a Saskatchewan Junior That's Hockey true. League's Bruins jersey. It's not Boston, but Zig Fricasi, who's our guest, who Max is about yes. to tell us, he is a Boston Bruins fan, so I had to put something Bruins related. This is Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League Estevan Bruins jersey. Clark so. coming out as his summer persona as the Pander and Panda, as yes. it were. So, as we pander on here. Pander. <laughs> uh, but yes, we're shipping up to Boston for episode 24 to talk Title Town USA, as all Coach Bill has done in the last two days in free agency is score. Zig Fricasi from SiriusXM joins us to talk shop. Are the Bruins in the market for a top four defenseman? Will LeBron look at tearing down Fenway? So many questions until so many questions to answer until the next piece of news drops. Woo. 
Thanks for tuning in. Sit back, get comfy. Hey, Clark, are the Leafs ever going to win again? You seem kind of grumpy. Yeah, well, I don't think the Leafs, uh, I don't think Clark on the Leafs ended up winning the vote today. I'm just checking now. It would be the first time they haven't won Just to double check. So we'll talk about the Leafs a little later on in the show, Max. But (laughs) I don't want to start off on on that kind of foot off the top of the show. You are flustered right now. I can tell. It might might wreck the rest of the entire show. Okay. Uh, One thing I would like to get in, ESPN won the vote, but we'll get to that later. Fantastic. Uh, One thing I would like to get in before we really dive into the actual show tonight is... uh, uh, our condolences uh, are going out to a lot of people in Russia today as a junior hockey player, 19-year-old uh, Timur Fezutinov uh, just passed away this morning after getting a puck to the head. Uh, it didn't seem like a whole lot, um, but he was struggling with a few things and uh, lost his life today, and that's just incredibly sad. And we've been, you know, Max, on behalf of you, we've been thinking about a lot of things today. And, uh, I'll, you know, our hearts go out to everybody involved. It's a terrible situation. You never want to see it happen, and uh, hopefully it, we don't see it again. And, uh, you know, just a tough day. Yeah, absolutely. A very routine hockey play, and unfortunately it uh, it costs a young man his life. So our condolences are definitely passed along to him, his family, uh, everyone on his team, and uh, among everyone else that interacted with him. Evgeny Malkin has a fantastic tribute tonight uh, to the young man. If you're watching the Pittsburgh Penguins game, he has his number 77 adorned on his helmet. Yep. Um, and again, it's it's just an incredibly sad situation. Like you said, we don't want to drag it down too much, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, our condolences go out to him. Definitely. Uh, so we're going to get the show started here with the top of the order brought to you by Flame Tech Combustion Services. Uh, so we got some topics here to talk about, Max, and uh, it's a hard segue, but we're going into it. We're going to so, give it a go. Um, I just see a couple of comments. I want to say hello to a few people before we get going mm-hmm. too far. Uh John O'Flynn says, lads, how are you How are you celebrating St. Patrick's Day? Inquiring minds need to know. Can you overcome the green screen behind ye? Uh, he, <laughs> he asked us that on the, on the Rod Peterson show this morning too, John. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, we don't even... What day is it? Is it Saint Thursday Patrick's or Friday? Oh, I don't this know. Week. I think it's this week, but I don't know if we have too many March plans. March 17th. Oh! It's tomorrow? tomorrow? Yeah, it's the 16th, so it's tomorrow. Okay, well, tomorrow we don't have anything planned or scheduled, so I guess we'll be... Talking about it on Friday during my check-in. I guess so. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be uh, doing some WHL stuff later in the week as well. Just a uh, heads nice. up for everybody. Good so stuff. the Friday check-in again might look a little different than it has in the past, but that's going to be fine. Um, Love the behind-the-scenes work that you're doing, by the way. I yeah, have to say that. I was, like, that's awesome. That gives everybody a really cool glimpse of uh, a really cool and different and new type of venture that's going on. Yeah. It's something that not a lot of people will ever get to experience. So I, keep uh, on it. It's good stuff. I'll see if I can do a little bit more on Friday as well because I will be there Friday night for a game. So we'll try that again. Um, shout out to Jamie Anstey who's checking in. He was so upset uh, that the timing changed for him. So sorry about that, Jamie. Nothing we can really do ah. about that. Um, I don't have access to the rest of the comments. So from there, uh, we're going to just skip on. Uh, but LeBron, speaking of skipping on with skipping LeBron, on eh? with LeBron, that's a good segue. Uh, LeBron James comes out, and it's not him specifically. He's a very <laughs> small percentage in all of this. But uh, the report came out today that a group, including LeBron James and A Rod, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, we're gonna start that rumor. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna run have with it. 
purchased the Boston Red Sox. I don't know. Is it my, from Fenway Sports? Well, it's and a minority stake. It's a minority okay. ownership stake. We definitely have to uh, so put that in there. But. It's just interesting. LeBron, who's he's well known as a Yankees fan. He always comes out in Yankees Had hats. Had a couple and, of good run-ins with the Celtics in his days with the Heat as well on the yeah. World Championships. And so. he comes out and buys the Red Sox. And we're, we're going to talk to Zig Fercasi about that a little later on. Mm. Just in terms of, like, does that have an impact? Does, what does that change? Does it change anything? I don't really even know, really. But um, what does it mean for Boston? What does it mean for the Red Sox? Does Tell you it, what it means for LeBron, just like John alluded to on our green screen. Get a little cash, a little Me, green. means a little green for LeBron. A little green for LeBron. Yeah. I can see that happening. Uh, see, look, he's all a, smiles because of all the money oh, he's going to be pumped. making from Space Jam 2 and the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. He's pumped. He's, he's, he's doing okay. He's buying everything. Uh Next on the next on the docket, if you will, uh, <laughs> Scotiabank Arena. This is interesting. So Breakfast Television in Toronto tweets out this morning that Scotiabank Arena has been given approval to start the process to bring fans back into Since the building. Sixero just can't quit sports, hey? They deleted the tweet. Oh, and I don't know why, but Did it's Sid still get out fired there. Fired? No, Sid, okay. Sid's fine. <laughs> it's still out there. Just for whatever reason, the tweet that I retweeted this morning from Breakfast Television mm-hmm. in Toronto, they deleted it. So I don't know if they worded something ah. wrong or what. But it was in the old tweet deck. Oh, we weren't supposed to say yeah, this oops, for that was like supposed a month to be from next now. week. Ah. Uh, but yeah, so it's interesting. This is the start to fans returning to buildings in in Canada. Mm-hmm. They are the first building in Canada re- to receive this declaration or this certificate certificate of cleanliness or whatever it's called exactly i'm not exactly sure Must i do the have the article they're spraying landmark cinemas with i do have the article so i mean if you want me to be official i can quickly read it maple leaf sports and entertainment says the scotia bank arena maple leafs that's all you want sure <laughs> says the arena in toronto is the first canadian sports and entertainment venue to receive the well health and safety rating w-e-l-l i don't know if that stands for something the international third party designation is awarded to venues after proving they can prioritize the health and safety of their staff and visitors so that's great i think that that's a great step towards what we are all hoping for is a step back to normalcy Uh, we can go back to rinks and arenas for events and sporting events and games and everything soon so i'm hoping that that is what that is and it's not just it doesn't mean anything i I got my tickets to the weekend in edmonton next year so i'm certainly hoping they got some live events and possibly an oilers game to partake in that weekend as well well there you go uh, no free ads though how about that just just so you know chad isaac said who has the better picks (laughs) who had the better picks this weekend (laughs) i gotta be careful how i say that um he's he made some picks i think he did better than both of us uh and he's putting it pushing it right in our faces well i must say though chad didn't you make nine we only make five yeah and here's the other thing chad (laughs) just you're picking every game me and max have to go off of who the other guy picks so we don't get every game we would like to pick so let's just keep it at that as well But good for you though if you had a really good weekend uh jamie ansey says vladdy's dropping 50 pounds and it's he's hitting 529 in spring training he's going to be a beast we'll talk about that in our bluebird block in segment three following zig for later Mm -hmm. in this in this segment uh john o'flynn i did love the greenery type comments on the screen amazing uh jamie anstey a 10 10 p.m start time is nothing for a dedicated fan thank you jamie appreciate it jamie we know you love us jamie and we love you back uh and my dad is checking in from north regina i just missed the it just got off how's the weather out there i gotta figure out uh, or should I say dad? <laughs> yeah, right, because he adopted you last week. The paperwork's now, in. There was some clarification from my mom about that because oh. she was, I mentioned it as we were laughing about it, and uh, she mentioned that they aren't disowning me. They're just simply adding just you. Just adding me into So I don't the, know okay, how you well, want to feel fine. good that's about okay. that. Uh, but hey, that's uh, it helps me feel a we'll, little we'll, bit better. We'll deal with it. We'll, yeah. we'll just we'll trudge on. There we go. I got my comments, <laughs> so now I can go back and read all the comments. Thank you. 
uh, vMix Social. Uh, so anyways, we're going to move on to our next topic. The Flames are hot, hot, hot since Daryl Sutter takes over. 3-0. 3-0 with Daryl Sutter behind the bench. Officially, there he is with the boys uh, wearing the Blasty jerseys. Uh, they were... One and one, I believe, or oh one and one with Ryan Huska, who is the mm-hmm. interim between the middle head coach, uh, and then Daryl Sutter takes over, and they're three and zero since that. Max, are we seeing the th- start of something huge in Calgary, or is this just the typical new coach playing hard? I think it's still too early to tell. The one thing I will say, just from watching the highlights of those games, and even just some of the post game articles that I've read on it. It's structure. That's what he brings to this organization. And I mean, the way that their team is, is constructed, that's what they need. You're not going to see a lot of flashy 6-4 wins out of the Flames the rest of the way. Uh, I think a lot of people will agree with Matt, or agree with me on that. Hopefully Joel Henderson being one of them, the staunch Flames fan that he is. Right. Um, but you're going to see a really grinded out, battle it out team that won Daryl Sutter two cups in LA. They do have some size. They've got some skill. They've got some ability. But now it's going to be the grinded out, play ugly, and win hockey games. And so far they're doing in that uh if it's the start of something special they still got some ground to make up too early to tell but when we talk next week we'll find out if they uh continue this streak yeah and the one thing that i've seen is a lot of tweets uh from reporters who are i guess they are able to get into practice Mm -hmm. in calgary uh media and and reporters ryan leslie and uh it was some of the other guys but you'd recognize the names if you saw them Uh, a lot of calgary reporters Mm -hmm. and it seems as though he's pushing the tempo in practice he's keeping guys accountable he's uh redoing drills if they're not doing it right he's bag skating them a couple of times accountability man so maybe thing. maybe that hole just kind of gave him the old uh k-i-t-a kick in the ass yes sir uh, that they needed maybe that's maybe that's all it took because we've said it on the show i've said it uh i think you've said it we've talked to lots of people who think the flames are a good enough team to be at least in the playoffs they're not currently uh mm-hmm. and you know, before the season, I predicted them to finish fourth. I think you had them fifth, but yeah. close. And a lot of people said top four at least. So uh, it seems like they had a team that was good enough to make the playoffs. Maybe they just needed a kick in the ass. Yeah. Uh, you know, something different. Some uh, maybe they were getting stale. Coaching and is, it's interesting because yeah. Jeff Ward was only there for a little while as head coach. Mm-hmm. So the, to think that it was getting stale seems weird, but maybe he just wasn't jiving with everybody. So you bring a whole new culture in, a whole, clearly it's a whole, a whole new culture. culture. Uh, like, I mean, really going back to the days, of, like Sutter, and again, I think a lot of people can see this in his press conferences. This is one thing that I loved about him. Did you see the one after his first win where he had the notepad out and he brought his notepad out? He didn't, didn't even have time to give his full attention to the media. It was, here's the game notes. Here's what we got to break down in practice tomorrow. Yeah. I love that. I love seeing that out of an old school coach. And again, we'll see some of the tactics if it if it sticks, right? That's the other thing that kind of goes into this is, is this a long-term play? I don't know if Daryl Sutter's your coach for the next six years, but the next three Four, if he can get a little lifespan out of this current core here. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, they got a lot of time left to make something happen if they continue on the way that they're doing. It's fun to we'll think see. about. Uh, stick tap to the WHL Hub City. We mm. mentioned it a second ago. It's going pretty smoothly. I know they've had a couple hiccups with the online feeds and stuff, but the games have all been taking place. Nobody's mm-hmm. been negative or positive, I should say. Everyone's been negative. <laughs> their tests. Yeah. Uh, they're staying healthy. They're staying safe. I've been in the bubble itself, in the hub, I guess you call it. Uh, it is extremely come safe. On, Clark, let's come 
went to. It's the double. It's the double. Uh, <laughs> everybody's separated. You aren't allowed downstairs. They're very locked off. Mm -hmm. The players are restricted, everything. So they're doing a great job there. Shout out to the WHL uh, and everyone involved for making that happen. And luckily, I've mentioned it before, but I've been lucky to work a few games. Jordan's been lucky to work a few games uh, with our overarching company, IKS, doing the uh, in-venue and online stream production. So we have been able to get in there. Super pumped. That's it's awesome. great. Uh, it's all going really well. So great job. Uh, tonight at 8 o'clock Mountain Time uh, in Regina here, Connor Bedard is playing Braden Yeager, the battle of the 15-year-old phenoms. Yeah. And uh, they're being hyped up pretty good. Connor Bedard has four points in two games. Uh, Braden Yeager scores the game winner for Moose Jaw the other night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, ex it's an exciting time to be a WHL fan because there are some big-name guys coming up in this league, yeah. and we're all just super pumped. Uh, we can't spend a whole lot more time on that, so maybe later in the show, if you guys want, we can talk a little bit more dub. Uh, but for now, we got to get into some free NFL free agency. And, Max, today was just wild in terms of what was <laughs> going on the last couple of days, but today specifically, a lot of stuff has happened, and I just got word that Zig Vercasi is in, so Zig, start taking notes. You probably already have some. We're going to tap <laughs> in pretty quick here, uh, but the first one is the Patriots are going big, so if you guys can toss up some mm -hmm. of these pictures as we roll along here. Cam Newton is back for the Patriots. A lot of people didn't see this one coming. Uh, however, what they've done is supplemented him. Uh, they gave him some weapons. Mm -hmm. Now, there was a report that they signed Kenny, Kenny Galladay from the Detroit Lions. I haven't seen the official thing come out yeah, yet. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one quite yet. But I saw the report, uh, I think, unless it was fake. Um, but they've also gone out. They've got a ton of guys on defense they've brought in. Mm -hmm. uh, they bring in uh, two of the best, well, the two best tight ends in free agency. Yeah. Uh, so that was all right. You got Gee, Hunter Henry. I wonder Henry. what that scheme's going to look like next year. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Hunter Henry, who's the next picture, Alan. Uh, and uh, the other one... Who was the other tight end that they brought in? That would Hunter. be Mr. Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith, of course, from the Titans. Darren Dupont's. So uh, they're boy. they're stealing guys from the division over there. <laughs> or no, wait. Yeah, not I don't the know. Same that division. looks like a bit of a tampering conversation, doesn't it? Yeah, doesn't it look like Bill's talking to Henry here I think and being that was like, after hey, forty-five nothing drubbing early. Next on. season, you're going to be in a different jersey, and I think I'm going <laughs> to like it a little better. I think yeah. is what he's saying. Uh, so the Patriots are going big. A ton of guys on defense, like I said, they're going to be a whole new look, different team going on in New England next year. That should be exciting. The Falcons and the Rams are shuffling cap space. I know yeah. there's a couple other teams doing it too, but the Falcons reshuffled uh, Matt Ryan's deal to open up $14 million in cap space this mm -hmm. season. They'll probably waste it knowing the Falcons. I'm a Falcons <laughs> Clark, fan, Clark, Zig. It's not, we're not even at the draft. And no. You're, you're, you're pooing on your Falcons? No. Oh, that's tough. I'm a Falcons fan, so for all me right. to say that, it comes from years of heartbreak and uh, all that. You're <laughs> so a Rams fan. So your expectations fan. are not terribly yeah. high. You're a Rams fan, so they've uh, been doing some moves again. Hey, if you've got a long-term contract up. in L.A., get ready for it to be restructured. And you know what? At the end of the day, that's just what you got to do to build a contender. It's, and it's nice to be a team that has the, has the riches to go along with it to allow this type of restructuring structuring to take place and if you're the Rams obviously when you go out and you get Matt Stafford you signal to the fan base you're all in on this year and I certainly believe that at the the bottom of my heart that they want to get to uh, the Super Bowl where they're hosting it at their own barn in SoFi so sure. yeah, it's totally. uh, it's going to be good uh, and excited then, to talk to Zig about the Patriots though there's uh, there's obviously a lot of things going on not to mention the return of a couple of prominent uh, members of their defense and Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung right because they um, opted out and they're coming so back on top of their free agency additions they're going to be adding a whole lot uh, to their original defensive core that's going to allow them to definitely compete in the AFC this year 
That's going to be exciting. And then three quarterbacks that just kind of traded places yeah. today. Uh, we got Andy Dalton going to the Bears, and you saw a report that he's going as the starter. As the starter is at least how Ian Rappaport phrased it. One year, okay. $10 million deal. So what does that mean for Mitch? What does that mean for Nick? Yeah. I well, know. I heard a rumor that Nick Foles was staying and Trubisky was out the door. So we'll get into that with Zig again probably in a couple of minutes mm-hmm. here. Uh, Tyrod Taylor to the Texans. So is that – that's a lot of T's, but – It's a lot of T's. Does that mean that uh, they have a plan to get Watson out of town, or is he coming in as like a fail-safe for Watson? Yeah. Is this part of their building process to keep Deshaun around? It just around? opens flexibility, right? It's, hey, if you do have to move Deshaun, then you've got somebody who's capable. you got somebody. I mean, it, when you remember this, too, Justin Herbert wasn't supposed to get his start that early. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor was the penciled in as the opening day starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers, and uh, he had a very unfortunate incident with a part of her yeah, punctured of their medical his lung. Yeah. Not I'm Tyrod. Cool. Taylor, I uh, I don't think I'm sending that guy a Christmas card every nope. that's for sure. And then the last well, one, of course, was, was uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick going to the Washington football team. There he is there. Uh, so that was interesting Your as favorite, well. Your favorite, the Washington football team. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I'll like them more now that I love the I love there. the uh, awesome Photoshop job they did with the logo. Yeah, it's not That's great. completely separate from the rest of the picture. It's not great. <laughs> not one of the better ones, but it's the only one I could find. It's the only one you could so find. So we're going yeah. with it. That's uh, all right. But that's it. That's There's still lots more, and we're going to talk about it more yeah. later in the show. But that is the top of the order brought to you by Flame Tech Combustion Services. Flame Tech strives to provide comfort for everybody in communities across Saskatchewan. They are proud to support local businesses and initiatives throughout this great province. And while the world seems to be facing one challenge after another, our focus at Flame Tech has remained the same for more than 20 years, Max. You're getting uh, good at that ad read. It's very dramatic. You're it's amazing. It. It's, it's great. Stuff. I love it. Uh, visit flametech.ca for more information on how they can help you and your community. Uh, we got to do one quick one, and then we're going to Zig Fracassi. The Vigor fan vote was brought to you, of course, by Vigor.ca, Vigor Lifestyles. Uh, and the winner today uh, was... Out of the ESPN buying the NHL TV rights, the Buccaneers are back in business. Max on the Preds. We don't get a chance, Max. Nah, we'll talk about them that's later. That's okay. We'll sneak it in later. <laughs> and Clark on the Leafs. We both didn't get a we'll chance to talk. We'll sneak that in later, We'll too. probably sneak that in later, we'll too. In. Uh, so <laughs> the ESPN buying the NHL TV rights has won that one. Now, Max, you had a little bit of information yeah. uh, in terms of what this means. Yeah. Uh, so can you kind of break down the top three points out of this, and then Absolutely. we'll go to Zig. At the end of the day, the biggest thing is just it's signaling the achievement the NHL has had in growing the game, right? We talk about this over the last number of years, growing the game in a a bunch of capacities, but this most importantly being the financial one, it doubles the old deal that, or not old deal, the current deal that they have with uh, NBC. It's uh, looking like it's going to be $400 million annually over the next seven years with the House of Mouse and ESPN and the Disney group. Uh, And the other thing that they left it open for was the option for the NHL to re-up on their current deal with NBC or renegotiate the terms little bit and allow the NHL to make upwards of over $600 million a year with their US TV rights deal. Couple that with the one that they have here in Canada through Rogers and man that means really good things for the NHL and the salary cap that needs to rebound over the next two to three seasons. Right. So that's that's the one thing that this is leading a lot of conversation mm-hmm. to because the salary cap is supposed to be flat for the next couple of years. Does this mean that they might bump it up? 
for uh, sure. within closer than they're sooner than they thought There's, because yeah. this is getting double the amount plus maybe triple the amount exactly. from the American TV deal mm-hmm. and with Seattle coming in and everything mm-hmm. maybe we do see an increase in the salary cap sooner than we think now I know the yeah. players are in a big deficit with the teams yeah. so I think they have a bit of a hole to climb out of in mm-hmm. terms of when that salary cap does go up mm-hmm. but maybe this just means it's sooner than we thought yeah absolutely and to wrap it up at the end of the day like hockey related revenue it's got to grow in a lot of areas for us to see the rebound that needs to take place I mean, it's crazy to think what one year of disruption did to the NHL's financial and economic bottom line. Yeah. Um, but this is this is a sign of good things to see that it's rebounding, especially in the American uh, cities where they're still continually trying to grow the game in a lot of markets that need a little bit of help. Uh, we're not talking about the original sixes, the Boston's, the New York's, the Chicago's here. Uh, they're all good. But uh, at the end of the day, you've got to look at this as a big win for the NHL. And I know a lot of the owners are applauding Gary Bettman for the work that he's done on this deal so yeah so shout out to vigor vigor lifestyles that's vigor.ca v-i-g-r.ca for for supporting the uh, vigor fan vote tonight Mm -hmm. that's espn buying the tv rights uh shout out to ben steiner who's checking in on youtube he says you're not talking wall-to-wall canadian premier league to saskatoon Nope. <laughs> We're Can- not. The, the Canadian <laughs> Premier League? Yeah, the soccer league. Oh. Saskatoon got a team if they can build a, f- a facility for them. Well, thanks for letting us know, Benjamin. Well, well I knew about it. Me and Ben were talking about it the other day. But Well, good stuff. I am now informed. Thank you, good sir. Uh, you got to pay attention to the Rod Peterson show more, Max, I guess. Yeah, That's all I got to say. Tough having a We're going to go to break. Eh? Uh, Zig Fracassi <laughs> coming up right after. Stay tuned. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Comfort has always been something we, as people, strive for. It means that the places we live and work, and that the people we care most about, are able to go about their lives focusing on the things that matter. While the world seems to be facing one challenge after another, our focus at FlameTech has remained the same for more than 20 years. Now more than ever, we need each other to support our local businesses. As an industry leader in combustion services, we are proud to attend to the needs of our communities and support the local economy. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. Everyday hoop life. Live. 
IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event, event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. All right, and we are back, and we are going to jump right into our first guest of the night, Max, and we're super pumped because our first guest could not have joined us at a better time. There is so much going on right now, and he's going to help us break it all down and uh, see what's going on. From Sirius XM NFL and NHL Radio, Max, we're bringing in Zig Zig Fricasse. He's a big Bruins fan, too, and I know there's lots to talk about with them. They're in a game right now, and I'm actually a little surprised, Zig, that you took some time out of the night to join us during the game. Well, guys, thanks for having me on, and I think it's actually relaxing me and preventing me from breaking my television set. (laughs) So, you know, instant analysis, Zig, can you tell us a little bit about the Brandon Tanev hit on Jared Tenorti and what you think of it, like, immediately? It just happened a couple minutes ago, but what do you think? You know, quite honestly, I didn't think it was a bad hit. I don't think Brandon Tanev is a terrible player or a dirty player by any stretch. Now, where he hit Tenorti was near the boards as Tenorti was releasing it, and it left uh, Jared in a vulnerable position, which is where the, you know, impact of the hit looked bad, and that's where, you know, you obviously had the five-minute major penalty called, which, by the way, Boston couldn't cash in if the empty net was open, but don't get me started on that. But, uh, again, Tenorti, Tenorti is uh, shaken up, and um, you know now they probably have to play five defensemen uh, for the rest of the evening. So I did not think it was a bad hit, and I didn't think the Tenorti hit on Malkin, which I thought was hard but clean. Unfortunately, Malkin didn't return. So, you know, it's almost like six degrees of separation. The guy who did the big hit, kind of got hit himself, although I don't think either hit was dirty in that particular sense. Now, before we get too much farther into the NFL and NFL to start, I want to get your thoughts on this one. This one, I texted you earlier today, Zig, about this one. Uh, LeBron James and a big ownership group gets involved with the Boston Red Sox. I know you don't cover the Red Sox specifically, but just in general, what do you think about that move? Like, what does it mean? Does it mean anything for the Sox? Like, what do you, what's your early read on this? He could be their number four hitter the way that they're going, but <laughs> probably true. In, in all serious, yeah. In all seriousness, though, how ironic is it that a Laker is owning a part of a Boston team? Now it'd be really something if he wound up owning part of the Celtics. But in all seriousness, here's a young man who you know came up dirt poor in Akron, Ohio, became this basketball messiah. And he's kept his best friend around, this Maverick Carter, uh, in terms of, you know, his business finances. Guy's a billionaire easily. And he, I think he already has, what, a uh, portion of the Liverpool uh, English Premier League yeah, franchise. Yeah, that 2%, yep. There you go. So here's a guy who's just wanting to diversify into more, um, you know, for the equity and everything like that. So uh, I would think... Uh, I can imagine probably some Yankee fans are really hating this because, you know, they always thought LeBron should have came to New York anyway. But 
Uh, I, I think it's good for baseball. Obviously, it's good for the Red Sox. And, you know, to have some uh, minority diversity into an ownership group, I think it's a pretty good thing. Uh, Robin Wildy is tuning in from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan tonight, Zig. And he says, Zig, from Sirius NFL, NHL, and soon to be the XCFL or the CXFL, LOL. So maybe we'll see about that. We'll, we'll talk about contracts hey, later <laughs> down the road. Um, but let's get back into the NHL. Me and Max are both uh, talking a ton of NHL tonight. We got the – now this is an Estevan Bruins jersey. I don't know if Jordan can show that to you. You might have seen it before you came on. Uh, we got, I did I had see to it bring, earlier. I had to bring out some sort of Bruins paraphernalia for you. Uh, having my connection in Estevan is a natural fit. But uh, let's talk about um, before the season. So me and Max come out before the season. Uh, we do a little prediction. And we both picked that the Bruins would miss the playoffs this year. And you promptly called us out for it, and <laughs> rightfully so. Uh, <laughs> but now that they're, they're, not, they're not a lock for a playoff spot, so to speak. But what do you think about their season so far? You mentioned their struggles in the power play. Uh, can you just dive into the Bruins a little bit for us? Sure. And, you know, I would call you out even if you were right. But no, in all, in all seriousness... <laughs> You look at this division, which is a battle of, you know, every night's a battle royal, for goodness sake. And, you know, these uh, of the so-called five good teams to really good teams, the harsh reality, guys, is one of them's going to miss. I don't think it'll be Washington. I think they're looking the best right now. I think they're up still 3-1 on the Islanders in the third. I think the Islanders are structurally solid, but they may come back to earth, especially if Andrews Lee is out. Uh, for quite a while. Pittsburgh's been really, really good at home, not so great on the road. So I think the battle's going to be between them, Boston, and Philadelphia for the other two spots. Although, now that Panarin's back, the Rangers could make things rather interesting. So you may have two te- or four teams battling for two spots. Now, to the Bruins themselves, I thought they overachieved a little bit with that 10-1-2 and two start. Um, the fact of the matter was, even if this defense, as it started off the year, was going to be a work in progress if all guys were healthy. Okay, there's your caveat. Now you've got three regulars out. So you've got a Tenority who they got off waivers, for goodness sakes. Stephen Camper, I think they just waxed the Preds, off the yeah. mothballs <laughs> about three days ago. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. And so, uh, you know, they're they're shaky back there. Um, if you've read some of my tweets tonight, I was rather quite critical. I used the word <laughs> gutless, in fact, because they did not fix and have not fixed, to my opinion, the issue of five on five. You've got to score goals on even strength. Their penalty kill is still the best, if not among the top three to five. When they're clicking on the power play, I think they're 12th right now, but when they're clicking, they're easily a three to five team. So you can win some special teams games, which they've done. Rask and Halak may be the best one-two tandem, but now Rask is hurt. So, and by the way, Dan Vlader looks more like Darth Vader in the Nets tonight. The guy is (laughs) six, five and basically covering everything. So uh, not to go too much longer on the Bruins, but I think, there are some issues that are going to need to be fixed going forward. I think they're going to have to commit to some more youth. I think, too, Cam Neely, Don Sweeney are going to have to help upgrade this roster 
because I don't think, at least from the bottom six on, and you can make the argument for Krejci too, who has not been very good. I said it earlier. I, I, I was on the Chara leaving bandwagon last year. People thought I was crazy. I also said Tom Brady was leaving New England. They thought I should have been put in the home. How did those <laughs> turn out? I think Krejci's going to be the next one ultimately, ultimately, excuse me, ultimately to leave because the declining production, and now he's becomes a free agent anyway, but he's not worth the $7 million that he was getting. So I think that's going to be the next sort of tough decision the Bruins are going to have to make. They've got some talent in their farm system, but I still think they're going to need to make a trade or two to stabilize that bottom six and that fourth line, which has been a strength of theirs for years. It's a non-strength anymore. So I hope I got all your uh, answers in there about the Bruins because there have been a, you know, from that 10-1-2 and start, they've been under 500 for about the last two and a half weeks. Absolutely, Zig. And you know what? You hit a lot of answers, and that gives me a couple more questions, unfortunately. Now, we talked about it earlier, Jared Tenorti <laughs> being right. picked. <laughs> it's an interview, Max. Yeah, That's well, exactly, <laughs> right? Uh, but Jared Tenorti obviously picked up off waivers from Nashville, who happened to be my, I don't know if you can see my hoodie now, but uh, my my beloved team that I like to smash yes, my TV sure. watching. And unfortunately, they have not had a good start <laughs> to their season. Uh, and there's a big Swedish no. Redwood defenseman in Matthias Ekholm. Is he the de facto pursuit at the trade deadline for Don Sweeney? Uh, again, put your GM hat on for us. Is he the target or is there other areas that need to be addressed for this team to go to a Stanley Cup uh, within this current window that they have with this core of players? I would happen to think he has to be a top target. And the reason is he's got term on his contract. It's a pretty affordable contract. Uh, you look at the fact that uh, Nashville, and I, I, I'm with you, I, I think they've underachieved big time. And I think their problem is... And he's been a really good GM for a lot of years. But I think the fastball has left David Poyle a little bit. Couldn't I have said it better myself. Replenish- I have not seen the replenishment of some of that talent that they were bringing in maybe four or five years ago. You know, you're not seeing the Eckholms anymore being brought in or Philip Forsberg types. Now, that trade was a once-in-a-lifetime deal, but still, he's not bringing in those type of players anymore. So Ekholm, I think, would be a nice fit. He's still young enough. Uh, Boston does have a first-round pick. Uh, They could probably get a young defenseman out of this if you're Nashville. I'm not giving up on Jack Stugnikas because I still think he's their top guy. But will Nashville go for that? Or I know some of those reports, Elliot Friedman and some of these other people have said that uh, Poyle would probably want sort of what a Jake Muzzin uh, type package. Not right. I don't know if Boston or anyone else would be willing to pay that. But if you offer a higher pick, maybe a young prospect, possibly I would go for it. Although I still think Donnie would also like to add uh, some scoring as well. And I know they said that they were targeting some uh, teams that won't make the playoffs. So you could automatically look at a a Buffalo. (laughs) Uh, You could look at maybe an Ottawa and Anaheim who Boston's done enough deals with. I'm almost going to raise, start to call them the Boston ducks here for goodness (laughs) sakes. Cause you, you know, you brought in Richie uh, the last couple of years, Kasha. So, you know, there's another one, another trade deadline guy who unfortunately, hasn't worked out. The poor guy can't stay on the ice due to concussions. But 
long answer uh, to your question there. I think Ekholm might be the one or at least one A target deadline for Don Sweeney. So, Zig, one interesting uh, dynamic to this season is with everybody only playing within their divisions, a lot of people are hyper-focusing on the division that their favorite team is in. Now, I know you're kind of in the area for the East, but outside of the East, have you been following it enough to know who are your top few teams that you think are really making waves across the league right now? Oh, I'm a hockey degenerate. You kidding? I'm sure once I get done with you guys, I'm going to be flipping on more games. I, I drive my wife nuts because I'm <laughs> here. I am watching San Jose and Anaheim, two teams nobody gives a rat's ass about. But uh, hey, you got to do in your scouting. Yeah, bunch of future Bruins in that game. Of course. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, I think in the north, the the sizzling picks supposed to be Toronto. I'll tell you what, I watched them play the other night, and when they got it going, Winnipeg is awfully tough to beat because they've got a good enough defense. Hellebuck may actually be better than Anderson, and I think their forwards forwards are not quite Toronto-ish, but, boy, give me Shifley, give me Wheeler any day of the week. I'll go to battle with those guys. So I'm impressed with Winnipeg, plus I've been a big – Paul Maurice fan for a hundred years um, in the West. Well, I'll tell you what, and I made this argument on Twitter last night. Nobody's talking up Mark Andre Fleury for the MVP, but maybe people ought to start doing it because that guy could have pouted when Leonard was named starter before the season. There's all these rumors. They're going to ship Fleury out. Well, then obviously Leonard gets hurt. And instead of pouting, he was the great team guy. He goes in. He thinks he's back in Pittsburgh, for goodness sake, saving a bunch of games and I think hiding a bunch of deficiencies because I, as good as Vegas' record is, I don't think their defense is very good. I think he's hit a lot of deficiencies, if you ask me. So um, Vegas does look good uh, out west. I think the Kings are improved. I, I would say that for sure. I'm not quite sure they're quite a playoff team yet, but they look vastly improved. And then the uh, the other divisions, boy, uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, they really miss Kucherov, don't they? I think oh. they got like the top record or one of the top three records in the NHL. They're, it, it just goes to show you guys how great Iserman built this team. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. Plus, it helps, you know, you, know, you have Stamkos and uh, Victor Hedman. Who, that doesn't uh, hurt. So Carolina looks awfully impressive. Big fan of Rod Brindamores. He's got that program in the right direction. And, and give Florida some credit here, too. Wow, yes. Joe Quenville finally got this program, who I thought was a bunch of guys collecting the big paychecks and getting the you know South Beach sun and really not giving a rat's ass. He's gotten them to play some very, very good hockey. And Bobrovsky almost you know kind of looks like a goalie again. So those, those teams, other than the uh, East Division, they have my eye right now. Pretty good and, teams, uh, I would say. One interesting thing I, I just read is that Kucherov, Nikita Kucherov, is skating again, and oh, yeah. some some teams are putting up a big stink about it because they're mm-hmm. like, "You guys put this guy on long term injured reserve, and he wasn't gonna, he yeah. wasn't supposed to be back until playoffs. It's only March, and he's already skating." Okay, we all knew what's what going, was going on, on here. On there, though, so yeah, right, <laughs> there might be something to keep your eye on there as well, Zig. 
I must say, though, too, Zig, you alluded to it earlier with the Panthers, right? It's a good thing that when you're paying a guy $10 million bucks to be your goalie that he kind of looks like a goalie <laughs> again. That's a really good thing. Um, but let's transition yeah. over to some football talk. I mean, obviously, in, in the Foxborough sure. area, there's been more news that we can keep up with over the last 48 hours. Um, but Wild Bill, he's seemingly gone mad here. He's spending every dime of Robert Kraft's money uh, that he can find. And that begs the question, is Bill pissed that Tom got a ring without him and is he out for vengeance and it, it just seems so out of character for bill to be going on this type of spending spree so i'm just interested in your thoughts on the last 36 to 48 hours in uh in the greater foxborough area you know max it, it's really interesting to see because the patriots has never been a big free agent team they they really haven't um but i, I think there's a little bit of merit to that but i also told people this Large portions of last year, New England was a very, very competitive team. And they had absolutely no weapons for Cam to work with. And that's mainly, guys, the reason Tom Brady left. Because he saw that he was carrying this train way too long. So he wanted a challenge for himself. Hence, he left New England, went down to Tampa, almost recruited the uh, bingo long all-stars for goodness sake, and he wanted him <laughs> winning himself a Super Bowl. So now I think they finally figured out, plus with the salary cap, there comes a point you do have to spend the money. You, you, you put off the floor maybe for a year or so, but eventually you have to spend that money. And if I did my calculations right, guys, I'm looking at nearly... $300 million spent by the New England Patriots. Of course, if all these deals, uh, deals come to fruition in that, um, I mean, the additions, you guys were talking about this before I came on. I uh, Belichick's been a uh, Hunter Henry fan, I think, since birth, literally. I mean, <laughs> he's been a big fan of his uh, for a long, long time. Um, we had talked about uh, Adam Kaplan and I on our weekend show on NFL Radio we thought maybe Jonu Smith would get the bag. And now the New England Patriots forked over a lot of money there. They reacquired Trent Brown. I thought was a big part of their offensive line uh, from recent years. That's why I think they wound up letting Cannon go down to Houston. Um, and then the other guys, Judon, I think is a massive upgrade. Because obviously Belichick has a big respect for the Ravens and their defensive concepts. I think Judon... Uh, is a nice ad. Uh, Godshaw from Miami. Henry Anderson, a rotational guy from the Jets. And, you know, to add, they also added a couple of receivers, too, with Bourne and um, also the kid uh, Aguilar. So right. uh, a lot Aguilar, of money yeah. spent. So now you've got some weapons for Cam to work with. Uh, and like I mentioned, they were competitive in an awful lot of games last year. You know, you wonder sometimes, like that gaming Buffalo, New England was driving easily for a field goal. If not the game-winning score, Cam coughs up the ball. The Bills win the game. I, I'm not going to say they go on to win 10 or 11 games, but it does give you pause. So, And now you've got uh, Chung and Hightower coming back from the opt-outs. Then you add Judon and some of the other pieces, like I just mentioned, to the offense. I'm not sure that quite takes them over but with the draft and their acumen with belichick and the coaching it wouldn't shock me if new england's back in the playoff mix in 2021 
So, yeah, so that brings me nicely to my next question because we're going now a little bit uh, farther, what is it, west, north? Where is it? I'm not sure. It's going further one direction. One direction. Where, where uh, are we buff- going? And then I could tell you. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. Where is the Buffalo Bills from New England? It's west, right? Okay, that, yeah, that would be on the I-90 going west, so about seven hours. All right, so I'm close. I was close. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> Good stuff, there. Clark. Yeah. So, Geography uh, passed for that. I've never been there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the Bills for a sec. They come out uh, like wildfire last year, finally get their first division title in so long. And uh, now the now the Patriots are nipping at their heels again, it feels like, with all these additions. So uh, what do you think the Bills are feeling like right now? And, and how are the, how is Bills Mafia feeling uh, going into next season as it sits? Well, I still think they're the favorite to win. And I think they've really done a good job already. Uh, we're talking about Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, excuse me, retaining their own guys. I mean, Daryl Williams is a guy they say from obscurity from Carolina, he's really come on. So they re-sign him. There was a lot of people, including myself, that thought Milano, the star linebacker, was going to go elsewhere, but he's staying. So that's a big one. Feliciano, for the offensive line, he's staying. And I understand tonight, it uh, looks like they're going to give some help for uh, Josh Allen and one Emmanuel Sanders. Right. So that's a nice little pass catcher to, to help him out. So... They're a team that uh, I don't I don't think needs a whole lot at this point. But what you fear, though, is now they are going to be among the hunted, the favorite. How do they respond if they're truly that Super Bowl team? And is Josh Allen going to take that next step up to where he is literally the replacement for Jim Kelly, which they haven't had in over 25 years? So... There's a lot of, I still think, balls up in the air in terms of the Buffalo Bills. And another thing, too, is, and this gets me off onto another tangent about paying these quarterbacks entirely too much. Will there be a cutoff point? I don't know if it's going to be with Buffalo where a guy like Josh Allen would say, all right, do I need to make $45 million? Or can I live comfortably and say, oh, maybe... 30, 31, 32 million dollars, but leave a little bit of that room so we can have other guys so we can stay competitive for the next five years. So that's going to be something too, because you're still paying him on his rookie deal. And this is where these teams guys get into a lot of trouble. Well, we got to pay the quarterback. You know, Russell Wilson's bitching about what his situation is in Seattle. Well, nobody told him you have to earn $35 million a year. They have an eight million dollar guy protecting you. See these guys? It kills me. They want to. They claim they want to win, but the ego gets in a way in terms of the paycheck. At some point, and this is another thing we've discussed on our show: Does the quarterback position, like Alex Marvez likes to word this, become fungible? In other words, you get a guy, a rookie, and maybe play him two or three years. If the system's kept the same, do you replace him so you don't have to pay? the $40 million a year or going rate for that particular position. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd like to get to the point in my life where I can live comfortably off $32 million a year. That'd be a I'll, great... I'll, I'll split it with you. How's okay, that sound? sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Look at that. Right. Uh, Here, oh, throw me in. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. We're already averaging down to $10 million bucks a year. Look I'll, at that. I'll eh? throw a couple of checks down the I-90. <laughs> we'll get you in there. We'll protect Russell Wilson. Yeah. Look at that. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's there a bit of a quarterback carousel going on right now, Zig, and we've talked about it on this show in the past, but we kind of saw it coming, and there's a lot of reports that it was going to happen. Uh, but we see Andy Dalton switching teams, signing with the Bears. Tyrod Taylor's heading down to Houston. Uh, Cam Newton's staying, but nobody thought that was... A lot of people thought he was going to go somewhere. Uh, Carson Wentz is gone. Jared Goff and Matt Stafford switched spots. So you mentioned Russell Wilson a second ago. We haven't talked about Deshaun Watson. So there's still, there's still some quarterback questions up in the air. How do you see those two situations ending in terms of the final chapter of closing the book on Deshaun Watson? And Russell Wilson. Well, if the report is true that Tyrod is getting a deal worth upwards of $12 million, I don't know to you guys, but to me, that sounds like an awful lot for a backup quarterback. Well, Chase Daniel so will tell you otherwise. I, <laughs> yeah. I, well, yeah. And how about him? I mean, talk about he ought to split his money with us. He, held the clipboard all those years and he yeah. did well at it but it's a great job uh, it sure is it sure is uh <laughs> hey I, I can think of other ways to earn money believe me but in all seriousness it, it does it does make you wonder what really is going on by the way i think the texans have actually had a fairly good in terms of off season themselves believe it or not they made some i think some rather prudent moves to be quite honest with you, you know, they add Ingram, who I still think has a little bit of gas left in the tank. They trade for Cannon, who's a serviceable tackle. They add Britt. They uh, traded for Shaq Lawson, added Malik Collins. Uh, Terrence Ma uh, Mitchell's a decent enough corner. They bring back Hargrave. So not unspectacular, but steady moves. Now, are those going to be enough to keep Deshaun Watson around? Only mm. time will tell on that. So, you know, Casario is coming into, I think, a pretty tough situation down there in Houston because it seems like the culture is really, really out of whack. And, you know, you just wonder, I mean, how much influence this Easterby guy who Casario worked with in New England, how much he has. Uh, you hear rumors about them being a God squad, if you will. Uh, just, just a lot of, uh, you know, negativity. You know, then Watt wants his reliefs. He winds up, uh, you know, getting moved on to Arizona. Deshaun wants out and all this. Yet the other part of me says, hey, you sign that contract extension before, you know, during the before the season started and after the DeAndre Hopkins trade, now you want out. So I don't know what's, how this is going to ultimately turn out. I would, if I'm, uh, Casario, I have got to have my socks knocked off totally if I want to trade Deshaun Watson. If we're talking multiple picks or even multiple high picks, then I'm listening because I have to re replenish the cupboard, so to speak, in Houston. And then, you, and then obviously the team that would acquire Deshaun Watson has to have a ton of salary cap room, which is I know this is why Carolina cleared a bunch of cap room. The Jets have a bunch of cap rooms. So we'll ultimately see where this goes. A couple other things 
real quick. You mentioned Cam. I, I honestly thought that Cam would go back. And the only reason I say that is because Belichick just fawned over him. Right. And whenever right. you hear Bill Belichick like rave over anybody, it, it's a rare occurrence. So that's why I thought Cam would return. And Andy Dalton, uh, the Red Rifle, let's not forget this guy did take the Bengals to the playoffs. So, you know, the, the guy is not a bad quarterback. And under some dire circumstances last year, I thought he actually performed fairly well with the Cowboys. But constant shuttle of offensive line, Zeke fumbling the ball, and that that was just that, that was beyond Andy. The poor guy ultimately uh, got concussed. Then he had COVID. So just a horrible situation. But I think in Chicago, I think he's got a real chance to be the starting quarterback day one for the Bears. So, yeah, I was going to say, Andy Dalton going to the Bears seems like they're instant Super Bowl contenders just like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I say that in jest. No, but, all right. Come on, yeah. But Jamie Anstey is our buddy from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Zig, and he asks, what should I expect in Chicago this year? Are they rebuilding? What are they doing? Jamie, I wish I had a good answer for you. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are a little concerned that they – they actually restructured the contracts of three key guys, including um, Khalil Mack. So they, they've got now $21 million extra in terms of salary cap room. But here's my answer to that. They better get to the playoffs this year or else your tandem of Ryan Pace, the GM, and Matt Nagy, the coach, sayonara, baby. They have got to get to the postseason because once you start kicking that can down the road and your successor has to inherit that, that is not a really good situation. So they've got to get to the postseason this year. I still think the defense is good enough. Akeem Hicks might be the most underrated player in the NFL. Nobody ever talks about that. His side of the ball is tremendous. Um, and then what are you going to do with Allen Robinson? Are you going to finally give this guy – this guy could – catch a pass from Max or Clark or myself and still have a hundred <laughs> catches a year. That's, that's how good he is, you know? So you take care of him and then you finally settle that ground game for goodness sakes, because it's been unstable. If they're able to do all that, then I think the bears can maybe be a legit wild card team and not the one that backed in last year because mm -hmm. of some losses at the end of the season. I mean, I hate when a team backs in, but that's how it happened. Yeah, you know, with a guy like that, maybe I'll get. I'm on my way to a 32 million dollar contract. You just need me a couple of Allen Robinsons, and we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, I think you might need a little more than that. You might need a little bit but, more. Uh, anyways, no zig. I think just, Chad Isaac's point now, just oh, yeah. really quick. Akeem Hicks, you at University of Regina University graduate, of Regina product. Yeah, absolutely. Right here in Regina, Indeed. absolutely. It's always Max, fun you had when something. they do the pre games. And oh, yeah. University of Regina. University says, of Regina. Where is that? <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, quite funny. But <laughs> I wanted to touch on Cam for just one more second, Zig. And it's funny the way I analyze it. And forgive me if you've talked about this on your programming before, but I, I think you, it could be safe to agree with me on this. How do you follow Tom Brady and meet the expectations of a fan base? Seriously. Um, I think he was certainly just a victim of, of an impossible act to follow. And I'm really interested to see, again, like you said, with Bill Belichick and the way that he raves about him, another year under the Patriot way, who knows what he's capable of. And I really like the weapons that they've added for him, uh, again, playing to his strengths, so to speak. Um, but again, just uh, what, what do you think about that as a whole in terms of the act that he had to follow in Tom Brady? And were the expectations completely? completely unrealistic from day one in Foxborough. They may have been. 
I, I don't think there's any question about that. And because, I mean, you're so used to, if not winning it every year, you're so used to being right there every year. I mean, my gosh, in that 20 year span, was there uh, nine Super Bowls, six championships? I think, what, 13, 14 AFC championship games, just constant legacy, double digit wins every year, and just this ridiculous expectation. And obviously, Tom Brady had a monster part to do with that. So I, I think maybe the expectations were high, but I also think people saw how the previous season ended. And if you're a savvy type person, you may be thinking, you know what? Things may not be so good, at least, again, at least in the immediate future. And for Cam, I think the way he just came in and tried to handle things, I mean, let's not forget, this guy was an MVP. He took a team to a Super Bowl, so he's got an, and it was the number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, so he's kind of dealt with his own expectations through the years. But I just think the way Cam dealt with it was being Cam, you know, wearing the fedoras and the, you know, the awesome suits and then giving everybody a moniker. So, um, and I think he had something to prove too, because obviously, last, you know, the last few years haven't been kind to him with the shoulder and the foot injuries and just the constant beating he took down in Carolina. So I think he was in a no-win situation. You know, Edelman was lost during the year. Uh, he had no tight ends of consequence. So he didn't exactly have the greatest amount of weapons. And he ran the ball maybe, I thought, a little more than he actually should have. So I think in the final analysis, you give him some more weapons, which they've done here. Um, another year in the system. And, you know, the contract, I think it's a base of 4 or $5 million. And then if he gets to all these incentives, it ultimately gets to $14 million. I think it's just another of these deals where he has to prove himself and the more success he has, the more the team has, the better that contract is. So I think it's maybe a win-win situation, but I think we may have seen the, the best of Cam Newton a few years ago. But if there's a, still a decent Cam Newton and with the weapons he has, maybe New England can still uh, be a force in the AFC. Fantastic. And obviously three days into a, a very, very busy offseason. Let's fast forward to April 29th. What is Bill Belichick if he doesn't move down in the, the first round, as we have uh, grown accustomed to seeing, what's your mark, Draft Zig? What does he do at number 15? I don't know. Maybe I'll let the, the dog pick make the pick. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing a pretty good job in free agency. <laughs> he's actually he's actually done a hell of a job. That's a lot of dog biscuits he's handling out. Absolutely. Um, gosh, you know, I haven't really looked ahead that much to the draft, but I, I would still think if they didn't get everybody they're looking for, maybe uh, maybe a receiver out there. Now, obviously, the kid from Alabama, I don't think is going to last that long, but well, if they could try to trade up and get a real game-breaker like him, uh, that, that might be a possibility. But here's another thing, guys, with Belichick. As wonderful as he is with the X's and O's, his drafts have not been very good. And all you need to do is just go through the years, especially with the wide receivers. I don't think you can name any of them through a police lineup. I mean, that's how bad they are. I mean, their, their drafts have not been very good, which is why I think somebody else 
should it be at least have a fresher set of eyes and a fresher set of perspective because their drafts have not been very good the last few years. But if it's me, I'm still looking possibly at a receiver or if obviously they move on from Stefan Gilmore, possibly a corner. Uh, McCourty's all, uh, Jason McCourty, that is, is also a free agent. So they may have to look for some defensive backfield help there too. So receiver and or corner, I would think. Perfect. Well, Zig, that is going to do it for us here tonight. I think we're fresh out of questions, and we want to make sure you get back to that San Jose Sharks and Anaheim Ducks game uh, later <laughs> tonight. So thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your time tonight, and uh, stay well over there. Thanks a ton, Zig. Clark, Max, thanks for having me on, and give old Roe Pete a hello for me, all right? Oh, I will. And, uh, hey, we're going to be getting you back, so uh, stay tuned. We'll, we'll get you back on again. Anytime. All right. That's Zig Fercasi. And, of course, our video guests are always brought to you by our good friends at IKS Media. The amazing team at IKS Media is very good at making WHL hub cities happen, apparently. Fantastic. Uh, but also video screens, event planning, live broadcasts, entertainment, and more. What don't they do? Uh, not Big much. Cakes? Donuts? You know, Perhaps. they could get into the donut game a little bit heavier. Okay. You know, Alan back here was just harping over donuts earlier. We might have to make that our segment for Alan. Maybe hey? we're going to open up a, a donut wing, and you'll be the head of it, Alan. He's not gonna even going to answer me. He always says hell yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, going to do it. We're going to come back for the Bluebird block, talking Blue Jays, spring training, and the NHL block is coming up later. So stay tuned for a ton. Uh, and send in your questions now. Hit that like and share button if you don't mind. We'll see you after the break. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Comfort has always been something we, as people, strive for. It means that the places we live and work, and that the people we care most about, are able to go about their lives focusing on the things that matter. While the world seems to be facing one challenge after another, our focus at FlameTech has remained the same for more than 20 years. Now more than ever, we need each other to support our local businesses. As an industry leader in combustion services, we are proud to attend to the needs of our communities and support the local economy. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. Everyday hoop life. Live. I
is down and we are underway underway the regina pats uh has been hard scored yet no not yet it just started just started uh actually it might not have started quite yet but uh it's about the the puck is about to be down between the pats and the warriors over at the brand center stay with us though stay with us until we're done yeah we'll we'll keep it short tonight you'll still be able to you can open up another tab or something (laughs) we'll keep it short tonight (laughs) yeah we're getting into the bluebird block now i finally i finally trained myself to say it the bluebird i was having trouble with it because i wanted to say blue jays block every time and it keeps coming out wrong blue jays is already trademark clark Presented by RBI Regina Baseball and Softball Training Center. Uh, so we're pretty pumped about this. We were we were looking at videos all afternoon of Laddie Guerrero going four for four. Uh, the Jays are nine and six so far in spring training. Uh, they have a plus 16 run differential, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took care. Well, that was before today's game. It's actually probably plus 24 now because they won 12-4 today, I think it was, wasn't they it? They won 14-5 14-5. So that's, that was it's, close, though. Uh, they're plus 25. <laughs> Because uh, I I updated the record but not the run differential so yeah. uh, nine and six so far in the off in the spring training there's Vladdy and Bo look at those beautiful gentlemen Vladdy's uh, looking trim I a must couple say. of fans in the stands I'm pretty jealous I must say yeah. uh, I know that they had a lot of uh, cutouts as well uh, in the stands just to Eight, fill it up a little bucks bit more per, apparently was it. Well, that was for the kids, no, though. No, that wasn't. You misread that. Did I read it wrong? Oh, that was incorrect. Sir. We should have got one or two. <laughs> we should have got a couple. But Still Rick, can. We should have put Ricky the Iguana. Where is he? Ricky the Iguana. We should have put him on a cardboard cutout for the Jays. There's still time. Maybe we should get on it. Okay. Alan, get on it. Doing a show right now, though. So uh, yeah, we're a little busy. Okay. Uh, so, hey, again, <laughs> the birthday boy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., goes four for four today. He got a triple, two doubles, and a single. He's hitting five, what was it, 529 this year so far in spring training. So, I mean, it's early. He's only had 17 at-bats. He's nine for 17, like unreal. Not bad. Um, but good. it's a little early to say, like, oh, wow, he's going to be it's a monster. It's early to call 40 home runs and 100 RBIs. Uh, you know what? I'm kind of starting to think we should just do it. Okay, let's do it. 40 home runs. Uh, pitching update. We, we've been talking about, you know, we've been monitoring because we can't watch. Uh, the, today was like the first game that was televised or whatever it was, right? Was uh, today the game? Well, actually, on Friday they had a game. Friday they had a game that was televised. It's like the fully Pittsburgh televised. Pirates, yeah, it was fully. Te- it wasn't Sportsnet's team though. Right, it was the Pittsburgh Pirates broadcast, yeah. whatever it was. But they do have the the video only. The yeah. I guess the streaming. Yeah. It's pretty low. You can't watch baseball with no audio. Well, Rogers only made nine hundred thirty-three million. They can't right. afford. They just to do bought all Shaw for twenty-six billion dollars. I mean, they yeah. can't afford a baseball broadcast. Can't afford. What are we thinking? We're so selfish. I know. We're so selfish. But we have been paying attention, and Alec <laughs> Manoa has been impressing us. Uh, Manoa, he, the man. He has pitched five innings so far. I believe he has eleven strikeouts. He's that big power pitcher they drafted a couple years ago in the first round. I think right. Yeah, first, first round, round pick. pick. So, I mean, overall. I don't think he's going to be ready, but it's an exciting prospect to keep your eye on for the next couple of years. He might make an appearance at some point throughout this year, depending on how he does in the minors. Uh, what do now, we think about the nickname Aqua Manoa? 
Aqua Manoa. Aqua Manoa. You know, it, it rolls off well, the tongue. It does roll off the tongue. I don't know. He's does he got, look like Aquaman? He's got that. Uh, oh, what's his name that plays him? Mike. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Exactly. Is the is Aquaman? Kind of has that look to him. Yeah. So let's cut this, Alec. He's bigger. If though. you're listening, Aqua Manoa. Okay. Your nickname. Meme it. We're making a meme. We're making a meme. All right. Uh, and <laughs> now it, SWR Woods Richardson. I, Sean. I'm still Simeon. getting used to Simeon. Thank you. I don't know why I said Sean. Come on. It's Marcus Simeon and Simeon Wood. How do you, how do you mix yeah, this up? Yeah, well, I won't forget it ever again. All I'll right. tell you that for free. <laughs> uh, but he's been looking good as well in, in limited appearances so yeah. far. But that's we looked at the pitchers so far. They've played 15 games, like 52 pitchers have pitched. Yeah, so it's, it's, like, it's like hard it's to, to keep track of. It's hard it's to keep track. Mariano's even gotten an inning. Yeah, he's got four innings. He's got four innings. It's, okay. it's hard to keep track of who's pitched, especially when you can't watch the games. However, uh, we mentioned Hunya... Hunjin Ryu came in and took care of business. He handled business the yeah. other day. Four, four scoreless innings, I think it was. Uh, so he's looking good. They could have announced Ray. him last year already as this year's opening yeah. starter. He's ready to roll. Robbie Ray has pitched well in three starts. Uh, I think he's got eight innings. So, I mean, he's pitching two, mm-hmm. three innings a day, but he's looking good. Tanner Rourke is looking yeah. decent. He's yeah. putting up decent numbers. Uh, so the starting pitching staff is kind of starting to – to shake its way down mm-hmm. uh, as we go. It, it seems like we're going to be looking at, we talked about this before the show, and feel free to correct me, but uh, we're looking at a, a rotation probably for opening day of Ryu, Robbie Ray, Tanner Rourke, Ross Stripling, and uh, Steven Matz. Yes. Are probably your five. That's just who's kind of started games. The, a couple of the younger guys have started games, mm-hmm. I don't know if you throw them in right away. Yeah, but they need some time. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about it, right, like Anthony Kay, and again, alluding to it are the super prospects, the A prospects, the ones that are at the top of the system. Alec Manoa, SWR, Simeon Woods, Richardson—they're just not ready quite yet. They need some seasoning at the higher minor league levels. You have to establish consistency. It's great to have an awesome spring training when you're 20 years old. Uh, I believe Manoa's a little earlier than that, 22, 23. Came yeah, out he's, of he's early in. Um, that. But at the same time, you do need a little bit more seasoning before these guys are ready to take the bump. I do believe uh, it'll be interesting, though. Hey, maybe one of them, or if not both, get a September call up. I love that. Maybe. Maybe they shock the world and maybe all of a sudden we're looking at an expanded roster with them being carried on. I don't know. But uh, when it comes to the Jays rotation, yeah, you got to look at the guys like Anthony Kay. Uh, I still am on the Ryan Barucki deserves a chance. He to hasn't start started training, a game yet, though. but he does. I think he I think they need to give him a little bit of a longer look. I, I wouldn't hate still, it. He it, had a flash a couple years ago. He did have a flash and then injuries got in the way. Yeah. And there's a lot of different things that you could look at in terms of evaluating those guys. But when you look at this rotation and you look at this lineup, they only have to pitch okay. Yeah. They only have to give up four well, runs a game and they're gonna win seven, eight or nine, ten ball games. And like, that brings up what Mike Ramage is saying. You can throw that comment up for us, Alan. I love the Jays lineup of position players and bats. However, the starting pitchers have me nervous, especially with Nate Pearson constantly injured. Yeah. Uh exactly. And we've been harping on how they should use Nate Pearson for literally since we started the show. Yep. One of our first things was that I said Nate Pearson should be the closer for a season. Mm-hmm. Uh I just don't think Are you still on that train? I'm starting to get him back into it now that he's hurt again. <laughs> he's hurt. I just, I just feel like every time he tries to go, he's getting hurt, and it's yeah. reminding me. Now, Steven Strasburg had a great career, yes, but it's reminding me of Steven Strasburg. He almost ended his career really early yeah. because they started pitching him a ton early on, yeah. and I just feel like they need to give him a season with some light loads and then work his way up because so far it's not working the way they're yeah. they're doing it. Um, but 
we talk about the lineup, it's starting to take shape. Today versus the Phillies, they've pretty much put out their opening day lineup. That's uh, good. It, m- the order might That's not be good. exactly the same, but it was Springer, Semyon, Bichette. Uh, I think Teoscar. Teoscar hit four. Vladdy. Vladdy uh, Guriel, I think. And then I think it was Grichik. Yeah. And then Danny at nine. Jansen? Who am I missing? I was only at seven. I think I'm at eight. Who am I missing? Danny Jansen at nine. Because he had uh, I'm missing eight. Guriel. You I said Guriel at six. Wait, who did I miss? You missed somebody. Vladdy at f- <laughs> Teoscar at four, Vladdy at five, Guriel at six. You're not going to be able to sleep unless you Biggio. get this, are you? Cavan Biggio. Yeah. He- was he hitting seven or was he higher up? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> they won 14 to five. That's they all you need to know. The lineup did what it was supposed to do. They were crushing. And uh, so, yes, the lineup's starting to take shape. And it's kind of the lineup we predicted a couple of weeks ago when I yeah. put out that. Gr- well, it was about a month ago now, but we put out the graphic of uh, right after they signed Marcus Semyon. Uh, he was hitting two today, so mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, it puts a lot of power at the top, and man, <laughs> there's going to be some days, honestly. And uh, you know, you say this, it's the likelihood is low, but there are going to be a couple of games probably this year where you're seeing back to back to back home runs to lead off a game. It's it's, it's a ridiculous lineup. It's not making Sp- me mad. Springer's got power, uh, or he's going to get on base. Semyon's got all sorts of power. There was a couple years ago he was hitting like 229 with like 35 home runs. Like, yeah, he's, he's a boomer he's, bust, but he yeah. figured it out, leveled it out, and then he was almost an well, MVP. Well, just wait if they could get to Rogers Center, a pretty hair-friendly oh. f- ballpark, yeah. if they can get there. Well, that goes oh. back to our discussion earlier about Scotiabank yeah, Arena. As I know it's down the street from Rogers, but yeah, uh, international it's travel and border openings—that's maybe not quite on the horizon yet. But we'll see. Uh, Robin Wildy has two questions. I'm going to get to the: Can we bring back Muni Kawasaki, please? <laughs> the team morale coach. Uh, I don't think he'd be very valuable at this point. I hey, love the guy. I like him in that role, though. If we are going to bring him back, the team are out. Bring coach. him as a coach. Bring him back. He can just goof around. Absolutely. I love it. Um, Robin's been asking this. I think, Robin, you've asked this a couple times, and we've always forgotten to get to it. But what are your thoughts on the Dallas Stars reverse retros? I know this is our baseball topic. We'll talk about that next segment. Yeah. We'll put it in next segment for you, Robin. Save it for a couple minutes. Um Last couple things, impressing youth. Uh, again, Max, I have the stats up here. We were kind of talking about it a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that's really standing out for you in terms of numbers or what you've heard about them? Captain Kirk. Alejandro. I'm very excited for Alejandro Kirk and what he could potentially provide this ball club. Uh, maybe he's not there on the defensive side of the ball yet. And as a catcher, that's arguably more important than whatever you put out offensively. But he's hitting 500 and limited at-bats. He proved in his very, very short tryout last season. I, I feel bad saying it's a tryout. His short audition. Let's yeah, go it was an one. audition. His short audition last year, uh, he impressed a lot of people for a ton of reasons. With his play, with his stature, with everything about the young man. So I'm really excited to see what he can provide as the backup catcher at the start of the year. But I do have a bold prediction that if Danny Jansen can at least hit his weight, we're going to be looking at Alejandro Kirk as possibly the starting catcher hey, of this team a lot sooner if, than later. If Alejandro Kirk hits his weight, <laughs> that's an improvement. That's an improvement. What did hey, you say he, he was? 253? 265 265. And he's 5'8". That's, five, a, that's so, a good career for a catcher And right you know there. what? We're not going to knock him because he did work quite hard on this in the offseason. He is slimming down and trimming down as well Okay. Uh, in hopes of being a, uh, an everyday catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. So I'm excited to see his development. Uh, and it's almost Captain Kirk time in Toronto. My my young guy who's impressing me is Logan Warmoth. Yeah. Uh, he looked so good in that. I think it was the first game of spring training. He's only had 10 at-bats, uh, but he's a guy that was a first-round pick back in 20, what did we 17. say, 17 as a shortstop. It's, he's listed as a left fielder, so he's got 
durability. He can play other places. Yeah, versatility. Uh, he, yeah, versatility. Oh, he can be durable too if you durable, want. Durable, versatile, all the all the <laughs> all the all the, all the ills. Yeah. So he's uh, he's a guy. I don't know if he's going to make the roster right away, but if they just keep working on him, just keep working him a little bit. I don't know if he's even honestly ever played AAA. Has he played upwards of AAA? I, think he's, I was looking up his stats when we first when he first kind of got on the radar because yeah. I remember when you uh, you texted me that day when it was I believe the Jays. I didn't first. know who he was. You didn't know who he was. Like, who is that? He's That's got a, a good swing. swing. Yeah, he it's hit a home like run. He was drafted in the first round. He hit something. a home run yeah. and got a double that game. I think yeah. it was. And man, his swing looked good. So yep. I'm like, who is this guy? Max is like, hey, it's Warmoth. Remember him? <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so I'm I'm having my eye out for Logan Warmoth. Yeah. Again, maybe it's as the like... the embarrassment of riches of having a deep farm system, though. Yeah. Right? It's kind of nice sure. to see these guys coming out of the woodwork of a 2017 forgotten first round pick. I think he was picked 22nd overall. Uh, yeah, Something right, around that there. range. But anyway, so enough, yeah, anyways. if he can contribute somewhere, hey, that looks good for whoever was in charge of that pick. I agreed. Now, last thing we're going to talk about, and then we're going to a break, trade targets are emerging around the MLB. We were looking at some standings earlier, and the Cincinnati Reds are having a terrible spring training, and that doesn't mean anything, but they also weren't super great last year. They penciled in to have a good season. This and year. they were also dumping salary before the season. So Sonny Gray is coming out as a guy who I think would make a ton of sense to bring in if the Jays are really serious about improving their pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had some really good years in the past. Uh, he got traded to the Yankees, I think, that one year, and everyone said he had a rough year, but I looked at his numbers. It wasn't that bad. No. So he maybe had a couple bad games. A rough year for him, maybe, because maybe. he has had quite the good career. He might have had a couple Going of bad games. Going back to his games. days in Oakland, if I'm correct? Uh, yeah, he had three really good years in Oakland, mm-hmm. and then he bounced around a little bit, and then he had a great year in Cincinnati. He got a really good return like for Oakland from the Yankees when they dealt him. Yes, he did. Uh, he was one of those guys where you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to net a package. And yeah, he well, did. he was young at the time. He, he was, was. He was like 28 or something. And he was he was dominating the AL West. He's only time. 31, so that would have mm-hmm. been, he would have been like 27 years old or something like that. So uh, I think Sonny Gray's a I'm great target. I'm starting to like him. Let's get him. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the other one we were talking about, the San Francisco Giants, we are not sure how good they're going to be this year and they have a few guys actually I wouldn't hate on this roster but Kevin Gosman was the one yep. uh, the Jays have tried to sign him two straight off seasons can't seem to get him for some reason so the idea is just trade for him and he's forced to play for you <laughs> uh, so we could do that um, that'll be interesting and the, and the Giants have a couple other guys I was looking at on their roster too is that Jeff I, Samarja I still kicking no. around oh no I there's I, just something fun about I watching can't him remember pitch. I have their let me just pull up their roster here because it was I was actually interested in some of the pitchers they have some decent pitchers they're 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 the roster their lineup is what i'm trying to say right right uh it wasn't didn't have a whole lot to it but they got johnny cueto there uh they have johnny. anthony anthony des wow uh they have jake <laughs> was McGee. he uh, was he in the sopranos Probably. I feel like I saw him in a season of The Sopranos. I think so. Aaron Sanchez is hanging out in San Aaron Sanchez. Oh, man. Well, My they guy. just signed him. I, I, yeah. I'd i like to see Aaron Sanchez have a rebound. Year. I'd I really love would. to see him back in Toronto. I see. I don't know about Toronto. I just he's one of those guys where I did really grow an affinity for him. I'd like to see him have success somewhere else. I just hope his if finger he finds can stay his way safe. back. It was meant to be. He always got finger know. blisters. Poor guy. Well, and it's because he wasn't pitching in a warm enough climate. Look at that. Right. Go to San Francisco, pitch in the Bay. You're Perfect. good to go. The other name is Alex Wood that we were talking about before. So they've got some pitchers there, but their roster doesn't look all that great. No. My boy Evan Longoria is hanging out there. He's my favorite player uh, from years back. He was always my favorite player. I never would have pegged that, hey? The, I don't know. He had, I had from something. that era, hey? Well, no. Well, it's not race. your all-time favorite player. No, Pujols is, Pujols yeah. is up there. Carlos Delgado is up there. First, yeah. I have an affinity for first baseman, given my stature. Given your stature? <laughs> and but the Evan fact that I played there. Baseman. 
Well, I know, he's but third base. He was like my one other guy that I was always okay, like, I like him. You. He came up, he came up with the Rays as that young kind of stud, and yep. just like took over right away. Yep. And then I just really liked those powder blue Rays jerseys. Ah, uh, yeah, those were good. You know, I I miss the Devil years. Ray jerseys. Well, yeah, I think he came up the in the Devil, Devil Ray era too, yeah. but. Uh, I just I loved and that was when the Rays were like scrappy and they kept making yeah. the playoffs and beating the the heavyweights and yep, that's he right. was a big part of that. They so had some good years. I absolutely. can't. I fell in love with Evan Longoria around like the late two thousands era. You know, two thousand six, seven, somewhere in there. Jeez, that's longer than your marriage. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been in love with Evan Longoria longer than your partner. Yep. Let's, well, let's dive my marriage, into this. I've part. only been married for five years. Okay. I've been with my wife for that for two. Are we live right now? I feel like we're in a bit of a fog. Yeah. Hey, are we still on? <laughs> Anyways, we're going to hit a break. <laughs> we're coming back. We're talking hockey. We got a ton to go over, so don't go away. And hey, send in your questions now because we got hot rumors. We got who's hot, who's not. And we got a whole lot more coming up. Clark's got the hots for Evan Longoria. And I love Stay tuned. Evan Longoria. See you after the break. <laughs> don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Comfort has always been something we, as people, strive for. It means that the places we live and work, and that the people we care most about, are able to go about their lives focusing on the things that matter. While the world seems to be facing one challenge after another, our focus at FlameTech has remained the same for more than 20 years. Now more than ever, we need each other to support our local businesses. As an industry leader in combustion services, we are proud to attend to the needs of our communities and support the local economy. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. Everyday hoop life. Services Company, LED, LED Sign Rental, Video, Video Production, Event, event Management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website, IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. All right, we're back. We are uh, getting into hockey talk right away. We got a lot to talk about. We were just reminiscing about some baseball games. Remember live sporting events? 
I do. It's it's a vague foggy memory. How many? We got a few people watching. Here's still. hoping it's coming back, though. Uh, Seriousness, it's coming. Send in your favorite all-time sporting event that you've yeah. been to. I'm curious. We got a few people watching. Uh, so send in your favorite and the highlight, the defining highlight from that game. Yeah. Let me know. I want to know what yours is. Uh, we got a few people still checking in. So uh, send them in now. Um, I got to make a read here because I forgot. But hey. Are you looking for a way to improve your skills on the baseball diamond? Are your kids in need of some training, skill building, or private coaching? Check out RBI Baseball and Softball Training Center today, located just east of Regina. RBI is Southern Saskatchewan's premier baseball and softball training facility. Check out their Facebook, Instagram, or website today and get to work at RBI. They do rise above the rest, I will say. Now, in segment four, we're getting into hockey talk. I Kind of blew up on TikTok over the, the weekend here, Max. I don't know if you heard. Did you uh, hear? Might have from you. So. I told you a few <laughs> yeah. times. Uh, it was a good video. I, I did this series. So I think, I've, I think I said it on last week's Squadcast, but I'm like trying to get TikTok famous so that I can go live during the Squadcast. You know, my uncle always likes various to say other things. trying leads to failure, but... Hey, there is no try, just do. So <laughs> oh, I'm, I am getting Facebook or t- TikTok like famous, I should say. Uh, so it actually, I, I got a little bit of a burst over the weekend. I mm-hmm. I did a series um, where I predicted the, the next Team Canada for the Winter Olympics hockey. And uh, I just said, if NHL players were going... This is who I'd pick. And there it is. So this is the last Olympic team. Try to name me a few players on that team. I bet you can't. Uh, the, the one most recognizable guy is in the back on the left. It's Sean Burke. Yes. <laughs> he was, the, he was one the, I think, the general manager of the team, I think. Uh, or at least he was the goaltending consultant or something. He was something to do with it. Chris Kelly. Remember Chris Kelly? I do remember Chris He's Kelly. He's the captain. I think Derek Roy. Derek Roy might be in Derek there. Derek Roy, former Buffalo Sabres. Ben Scrivens is on the bottom right there, goaltender. Ben Scrivens. Oh, what could have been in Toronto, uh, hey? Right. Uh, so there's a few other guys. You'd probably, if you're a hockey, if you're a deep hockey fan, you probably recognize. If a few you watch the, the Spangler Cup, you'd know a lot of those names. Yeah. So with that in mind, I put together what I think would be the upcoming Winter Olympic roster. And here's, well, I almost want to tease it and say go watch it on my TikTok, but uh, that's fine. I'll just say it because I'm I want to hear what you think, and mm-hmm. maybe we can go back and forth uh, for a minute or two. So I had Mark Stone, uh, Connor McDavid. And Nathan McKinnon. That's my first line. So McKinnon's going to play right wing to make yes. David center. But, okay. I mean, they can switch because with yeah. the sticks left and, and right Mark Stone's, off, Mark Stone's yep. a right-handed. Gotcha. So would he be a left-handed uh, left winger, I should say? I don't know. But I think those three together would be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I had Marshan, Crosby, and Bergeron, the, the old faithful. The World Cup I team. called it the old faithful. Yep. Uh, they've been together several times in the past, and they're always mm-hmm. good. Third line. Now, this is where I got in some trouble on TikTok because oh. uh, I put... Jonathan Huberto, nobody had an issue with that. John Tavares, a lot of people had an issue with that. And Mitch mm. Marner. So I put I put the two Leafs together who play really well together and Jonathan yeah. Huberto, who I think would complement them very well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said Tavares ain't, ain't going to make it. And yeah. to that I say, it's my list. Make your <laughs> own. Uh, fourth line, <laughs> I had, this is, I just to me this sounds just fun to, li- like, to think about. Yeah. Uh, Braden Point, Mark Shifley, and Matt Barzell are my fourth line. Uh, so that's not your typical fourth line, but I'm thinking you kill him with skill this Sorry, time around. Repeat that fourth line for me. Braden Point, Mark Shifley, and Matt Barzell. Gotcha. Like nobody's catching up to those guys on a fourth line. Right. So it's not your typical. We, a lot of people said Sean Couturier has got to be on Steven the team. Steven Stamkos going? He's, your extra, he's my extra forward. Okay. Steven Stamkos is your third. Ryan O'Reilly? Guy. 
So a lot of people said that Couturier and Riley should be on there before Tavares. Gotcha. Uh, you know, there's a couple other people, you know, bashing me for certain people uh, and <laughs> not putting people on. If but Jonathan Taves is healthy, Lord willing, is he I don't still know if he is. fit in that mix? With, with him missing a whole year, I don't know if he is anymore. I hate to say it. He's one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. I love the guy. Uh, I don't know if he is. I feel like Hockey Canada is trying to go in a bit of a different direction while still maintaining some of the old heroes of the past. Right. But I still think, I do think that they are trying to kind of make a new path yep. with the Barzells and the, the Braden points Absolutely. and et cetera, et cetera. So Mitch Marner, those types of guys, because uh, they have. You talk been, to Rod, Connor Bedard will be on this team. Connor too. Bedard will be on the Olympic team. <laughs> he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> he is pretty good. Uh, so my defensive group was Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo mm-hmm. uh, from Vegas. They're playing together. They're doing well. Uh, they seem like they're going to be a good top pair. I know Shea Theodore is probably new to a lot of people, but he's been he, deadly. He is a very, very good defenseman. Very Highly good. underrated, and again, falls under the shadow of a couple of really good names in Vegas. Yeah. When you're playing with Petro, he's kind of like the Ryan Ellis to Roman Yossi, to exactly. borrow an analogy from my my dear and beloved He's the Seabrook to Duncan Keith. There you go. Again, right? Absolutely. Except maybe the other way around. A guy that plays a very responsible game, can still chip in offensively, yeah. and a guy that just can do it all. Yeah, so Jamie Anstey says, <laughs> Jackson, my nephew, says, TikTok famous, Clark. <laughs> uh, Jamie Anstey says, Taves over Tavares, but if he's healthy, so we don't even know yeah. that. Uh, so that's why I didn't put him even anywhere close to the roster. So mm-hmm. uh, my my the rest of my defense, I got in a little trouble for this because I was wearing a Leafs hat in the video, Morgan Riley. Uh, okay. Morgan I, Riley with Drew Doughty. Okay, I, I don't have an issue with that, I personally. I think a lot of people who aren't Leafs fans like to hate Morgan Riley because he's a Leaf. Because he's a Leaf. He's a very, very good NHL. He's yeah. an elite NHL so defenseman. I put him on there. I'm saying, mm-hmm. screw my bias. He's my second pairing guy mm-hmm. with Drew Doughty, his best partner he's ever played with. Yep. Drew Doughty is still a star. I still think that would be a really good pairing. Absolutely. And, then and my provide third... some of that experience that is necessary to have in yeah. tournaments like this. And Drew Doughty's only going to be 32 years old or so, mm-hmm. so he's not over the hump. And then my third pairing was Darnell Nurse, younger. And Kale McCarr, younger. So you're getting... Now, a lot of people said uh, Thomas Shabbat should be on there. I haven't said Shea Weber yet. He's my extra D. Yeah. So Shea Weber's still there. So he can mix around. He can come Depends in. Depends the can... team you want to build. That's where... Uh, again, I'm not going to I'm not gonna slag you for the nurse pick. I think he's a, a, a he's good emerging. Defenseman. He's emerging. He's played like 30 minutes a night, a lot of well, nights. Well, that's because Oscar Kleffbaum's not playing in Edmonton. He's filled I mean, in he's, nicely, though. He's filled in okay. That's the my Oil, argument. The Oilers still have some issues keeping the puck out of the net. And when yep. you're the defenseman being on the ice half the game, you got to be a little bit better i think the nurse has to deserve olympic consideration at this point in his career like you said he's still young he might be a lock for the 2026 team one thing i just lost internet connection i don't know why i don't know why but i lost it uh one thing that i have learned is that if you put something in a tiktok video specifically a little bit wrong a lot of people call you out for it (laughs) and that was that was one of the first things that a lot of people said uh, when they commented on my video was uh, I'd pick Thomas Shabbat over Darnell Nurse or Morgan Riley, or I'd pick, uh, who are the other names? Brent Burns, a lot of people said. Some people said Chris, Chris Letang. Letang. Uh, I said, my other couple that I said were, uh, well, shoot, now I'm blanking. 
Not this is making for bad television. It is. Uh, but there okay. was there was three or four <laughs> other guys that I would have also put in to this team. They were my extra guys that I could see making the roster. And mm-hmm. so there, it's a good group of people. Uh, anyways, we got to get into goalies. So I put Carey Price as my starter, and a lot of people didn't like that because he hasn't been the same goalie. He's looked as he already has been. the last five games since they got the old goaltending director changed. And though. he's literally never lost a game for Team Canada in international play. Yeah, you can't mess with. Uh, I feel like you can't go away from that. Uh, I had Marc-Andre Fleury as my backup. He's been super hot. Mm-hmm. Zig Fracassi said he might be MVP worthy. Uh, can't argue with that. He's been unbelievable. And then I put Jordan Bennington as my third. Now, a lot of people, and I see Jackson, my nephew, mm-hmm. chime in and says, Carter Hart is your third goalie. Yeah, a lot of people weren't happy. Carter Hart was my extra. I didn't have Carter Hart as my third. I put Jordan, Jordan Bennington in there because of his Stanley Cup experience. Right. And I feel like in the Olympics... Uh, when it's a short tournament like that, best on best, you need people in there who have played the big game. And yes. to me, Carter Hart hasn't been there yet. Uh, he's played, you know, big levels in junior. But in terms of the NHL, he's still really fresh. And as good as he is, I still feel like he's having a rough year this year. And it's just showing that he needs more time to season. And I think Biddington's been to the top. He's won the big game. All three of those goalies have one a big game. I was going to say the big game, but the yeah. Stanley Cup is the big game. Mark andre has, Jordan has, Price has won a couple gold medals. So I feel like you got to go with experience and veteran leadership as goalies. You can go young in the other places, but with goalies, you don't mess around. Yeah, and I'm with you on that Bennington pick, and quite honestly, when you look at it, he could slot as high as number two. I really like the makeup of Jordan Bennington. I really like the identity that he has, and he's a gamer. He's a guy that you know when you need a win, you say... Jordan, this is your time. And, and that's how he's carved out an NHL career and been as successful as he has in as short a period of time as he has. We forget the Blues were in last place when they went on their run to the Stanley Cup final. You know who the catalyst was? It was making the change to Jordan Bennington and Nett. So as far as being on the Olympic roster, like you said, it just comes down to the experience. And also, too, just when the chips were down, the guy showed up. And and like you said, a short tournament like that, you got to be able to have that switch to be able to turn it on, turn it off. And I think he's definitely one of those guys. Yeah, I'd put him in as nearly a lock at this point. I would think so. The other ones that you would argue, Carter Hart, we said, Darcy mm-hmm. Kemper has been an uh, absolute beast in Arizona. A lot of people argued him. There was a couple other names. So when that, does the evaluation begin for this team? Mackenzie Blackwood was another name. Yeah. So I And I, you could argue that Steve Eiserman's been obviously thinking about this for quite some time. He's going to spearhead Hockey Canada going into this tournament. But again, we go back to say, so does this season have any impact on what they're going to do in 22, or is it all about the guys who show up in the first half of next year? Well, okay, so a lot of people were saying, oh, Carey Price hasn't been very good this year. Well, it's not about this year. It's about next year. Gotcha. And then a lot of people said, well, Marc-Andre Fleury's been good, and some people you know, responded with, eh, maybe next year he won't be, and Carter Hart not having a good year, but he, you know, same argument. So Why that actually leads me, that leads me into an interesting rant, and I had it scripted. All hit us with so, it. There's been so much talk lately, and because I'm a Leafs fan, you hear it all the time. Uh, Freddie Anderson's <laughs> yes, not, we do. Freddie Anderson's <laughs> not good enough. Uh, Jack Campbell's, you know, needs to be the starter. Michael Hutchinson's awful. Uh, you hear it sometimes when Pecorine a couple years ago was going through a little bit of a slump. You know, he's yeah. over the, he's done. He he can't play anymore. He, so he's in the twilight. <laughs> one thing I've noticed lately is that in the NHL, and this has been a pet peeve, a little bit of mine, but. 
a lot of teams who are considered better teams have gotten into systems where they have been suppressing shots. I don't know the exact numbers. There's probably somebody out there with some advanced statistic that I wish I knew about. Uh, but you see guys like, so Columbus, for example, they play an extremely defensive style of game. Jonas Corposalo typically is a stud and a lot of people when they play him are like oh wow i didn't know he was that good he's unbelievable look at the playoffs last year he played great that was a short sample but uh these teams don't give up very many shots you're only giving up 20 to 25 shots a night a lot of nights and when you let in two or three goals for example or your team that can't score to outscore that you're losing a lot of games, so your save percentage isn't going to be very good because you're not getting as many shots as a bad team like Detroit who gets 50 shots against them every game. So you see Jonathan Bernier right now. I think he has like a 9-12 save percentage, which is better than a lot of goalies in the league right now. And would you consider Jonathan Bernier one of the better goalies in the league? I don't think many people would say that. Uh is he is he 20% better or 20 points better in a save percentage than Freddie Anderson? I don't think Remember I would say Jonathan Bernier was supposed to be your guy. Yeah, it was Remember disappointing. That? Super disappointing that it didn't <laughs> it work out. It feels like a lifetime ago. Bernier but. and Reimer, man, that was supposed to be a deadly pairing, and it just didn't work out the way it was supposed to. But uh, that's how the Leafs work. Uh, they run goalies out of town, and it's happening with Freddie right now, and it's kind of disappointing me, Max. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, but there's, um, you know, I always, we shout out Steve Dangle Podcast a lot, and well-deserved. They're awesome guys. They have a great show. But they were talking about what if the Leafs trade Freddie Anderson, and it just led me to this path of this conversation because they brought up, well, Adam Wilde brought up Jonathan Bernier as an option. Devin Dubnik was brought up as an option. Uh, Linus Allmark was brought up as an option, and I think... There was another one. I can't think of who it was. But all of them is because they had like 9, 10 save percentages. A, that's really average. So we shouldn't strive for that. We should strive for better. Uh, But B, it's because they're on bad teams and they're getting peppered with shots every single night. So if you make 40 saves out of 44, your save percentage is going to be better than if somebody makes 20 saves out of 24. It's just how it works. It's terrible math. I hate it. Uh, (laughs) And goalies get the short end of the stick a lot of times. And I I think I've said I've been on this rant before, but I just needed to get that out there. You know what? That would have been an awesome talk for your brother Scott last week. I know. For our brother Scott last week. (laughs) Right. Because you're in the family, uh, we'll have to have him back on and talk Absolutely. about that. Absolutely, but no. I, hey, at the end of the day, it, it's funny, right? That's a that's a very deep topic, and that's where a, guy, a lot of guys get paid a lot more money than we do to dissect it. But it's good to know that that's what's keeping you up at night, Clark. It's good. So, Robin, <laughs> well, it does. Honestly, I think about it a lot. Robin Wildey says, "Cough, tuk, or ask, cough, cough." So, are you saying he gets oh, peppered with shots? No, we're talking about you guys. Oh, we, we traded him. Tukaras. Thanks a lot, Robin. Thanks a lot. Uh, that's going to do it. <laughs> no, we're done here tonight. I'm emotionally wrecked. Thanks a lot. No. Uh, I don't no. know. Do we want to talk about anything else, Max? I know we've, we're kind of going a little long, but uh, we want to talk trade bait a little bit. Uh, we've kind of done that all night, honestly. Yeah, we really have. I think, you know what would be a fun The one thing I'd like yeah. to end on is MVP debate, if you uh, don't that's mind. That's exactly where I was you were going. You were going to do that. So, Ender. We put it in the... Squad in, select? Well, that too. We definitely have to talk about that. Uh, I want to have the donut debate. Oh, yeah. Do we have that picture, guys? That's that's to end the we show. We were supposed though. to let's do that, that at the beginning. Let's save that for the last five minutes. But okay. let's, let's wrap it up with these last two topics right here, though. MVP yeah. Well, debate. there it is. Think about it. You have to cut one. We're going to come back to this in a couple minutes. one forever. Keep three, cut one forever. It's yep. gone ever. It's What's done. happening? Never existed. Um, this is a sports program, by the way. Yeah, so this is how we're going to end it. But we're going back to the MVP debate. Max, I want to hear yours first, and then I'll give you mine. Okay, and see, this is where 
It's Connor McDavid's league. Everybody else is just playing in it. I saw that caption on Instagram, and it just resonated with me. You watch what he does night in, night out, and you look at the Edmonton Oilers as a whole about how they show up some games. Where would they be without him? And I understand that as the NHL, it's a bit of a problem to have one guy severely outpacing the entire league every single year. But if he drags the Oilers to the playoffs, I don't see how you give it to really anyone else. And again, you've got a really good case and you're about to make it. But to me, it's Connor McDavid, especially if he gets 100 points in 56 games, which he's well on pace to do, by the way. I just don't see how you give it to anyone else because he solely is the reason the Oilers are even looking at a playoff position this year. Yeah. In, In the North Division, which I've had my thoughts on it being not necessarily the strongest of divisions. Uh, but again, you look at Connor McDavid and what he brings to the Edmonton Oilers, it's irreplaceable simply. And to me, that's the definition of the MVP. It's the guy that does the most to bring his team the farthest. Yeah. Uh, and Should I know be. it's a regular season award, but at the same time, without the playoffs in there as the, uh, I guess, barometer of success and barometer of what an MVP truly is, it's Connor McDavid. Has to so be. you say that if you take a guy off of a team, do they crumble? And for yes, me, that's the best. Way that is Patrick Kane in a nutshell this year. The Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, shout out to the Slapshot Sweethearts. So we I talked about this with them. They kind of gave me the really Patrick Kane. Yeah, I think Patrick Kane has been. Well, let me just I'll pull up his stats honestly because it's yeah. it's super impressive what he's doing with literally like who's his center? Name it's a revolving door Dominic first Kubelik? off. He's no, a he's a winger. Okay. It's been it's been Pius Suter. It's been uh Maxim Kurashev. It's been a bunch of guys. Like there's yeah. a rotating door. Missing Doc, got, missing his running mate Johnny Tate. It's so. guys you've never heard of. Uh, I don't know if this is going to work for me. Uh no, I'll do it differently. But just the fact that he's been able to to drag this team into a playoff position uh, in a year that nobody thought they would get 10 wins. I didn't think they'd yeah, get 10 wins. Yeah, we all called them dead last, yep. Uh, and he's basically doing it. He's driving that offense completely by him. I'd love to see the number of percentage of points that he's contributed to the team. It's got to be high. Yeah. Uh, so to me, Patrick Kane's the MVP. 42 points in 30 games. 42 points in 30 games. Uh, so there you it's go. only 10 behind McDavid. I know he's a lot behind, but he doesn't have a Leon Dreisaitl oh, he running a power right. play. He doesn't have a Tyson Berry running a power play. Uh, there's still some good players on that on that Oilers team that are helping him out okay. a little bit. I just the, the cast of miscast crew members that Patrick Kane is mm-hmm. working with is nuts. I know he's got Alex Dabrinkit and Dominic Kubelik. Those mm-hmm. are two good players. But... It's an aging defensive group. It's a brand. They've refreshed Brent that whole Seabrook defensive group. Retired. They don't have a goalie, and somehow they're in the playoffs. I mean, Kevin Lankinen, shout out. He's yeah. been great. Uh, that's not what I meant by not having a goalie. But going into the year, they lost Corey Crawford. Malcolm Subban was their starter with Colin D'Elia or yeah. whatever. I think it's D'Elia. Yeah. And Lankinen came out of nowhere. So Absolutely. shout out to the Blackhawks. I am it's flabbergasted. Flabbergasted by the Blackhawks. But I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Do we want us to do squad select? And we got well, to do Well, we donuts. have to, Clark. You've been so good at it. And All right. Quickly flash squad select so Max can brag about how much better he's doing than me. Fantastic. Okay. so This is last week's before last week's results. So, Max, can you update us on the results, please? Absolutely. So, for myself, as you see, bottom uh, corner of the ticket there. See that ticket? Yeah, I see it, Max. So, Hockey Night in Canada, Battle Game of the Week. Clark is 0-3 in these selections, so I'm going to let him keep picking that on those uh, Saturday shows. And myself, I'm just having a great season, I must say. As uh, Clark likes to say, you got TikTok famous on the weekend. Yeah. Well, I got squad select lead. That's that's just what I do. 
Is hey, what it I'm is. gonna. I'm uh, do we have to change the rules again? Are we at that point? No, no, no. Okay. No. Anyways, so Clark time. is now. What are you? Six and nine. I went two and three, so six so and nine. So you're six yep. and nine, and I'm sitting at 11 and four. So a nice just, little... <laughs> just a quick update on my TikTok. Oh, uh, okay. I'm yeah. 677 followers now. I, st- I was at, like, less than 100 of just last week. Fantastic so, stuff. All right, let's well. do the donut debate. Let's donut get out debate. of here. Now, I th- me and, luckily, me and Max are on the exact same page, so we can wrap yeah. this up pretty quick. We said... Okay, so first off, uh, I don't know. Jordan, can you show my taco <laughs> oh I'm, that's a good segue i'm wearing my taco tuesday socks that, hey? so i got my taco good socks stuff. so you know what my answer is not going to be tacos no love me a good taco mm-hmm. the old uh ta- white people love tacos more than anybody else argument yeah. comes into play i've heard that okay, hold on though chicken beef or fish or uh i go i usually go standard with beef standard typically beef taco? yeah i mean at home or when you're doing that right. i like that turkey is another one we go with turkey often. Tacos? Ground, ground turkey yeah it's good it's the same. You put all the same stuff on it. It's just turkey instead of beef. Hippie. Yo, well, hey, if you knew my wife, <laughs> you'd know. <laughs> Sorry, Amy. That that's wasn't the, a shot at you. I'm that's just, hey, the least of I'm her. not about that ground turkey. No, no, no. Okay? Turkey's that's, for Thanksgiving. That's the least of her hippiness. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot more to it. But we said bacon. You can't get It's good on everything. It goes well yeah. in everything. You can't. Can't get rid of bacon. No. Sushi is so unique. It's it's one of the only things like it. Uh, there's not a whole lot out else there that could replace it. But Our production is, team does not agree with us. No, see, this is this is it. it. Jordan's a picky eater, so he said okay. sushi because he's just a baby about <laughs> stuff, and he doesn't have a mature flavor palette like a lot of other people. It's a good do. thing we have the mics right now, hey. Yeah, he's going to cut us out here okay. really fast. Uh, so I got to get quick, quick, quickly in this. Now I'm surprised Alan said get rid of sushi. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe is that a thing? I don't know. But I th- I thought Alan would like sushi. A lot of people like sushi. I like sushi, uh, but. Yeah, so Alan's Alan's mad at me because I said, Max, you said it too, get rid of donuts. I did. Now, I did. the reason for this being, now listen, because I love donuts. Hobo Donuts do, is one of my we, favorite we, places we in the donuts. world. I love Hobo we Donuts. I just don't love them as much as everything else on the list. And, and Alan's calling me out for hypocrisy, but I love me a good donut. I really mm-hmm. do. Ask my wife. I literally talk about donuts on an almost daily basis. It's a weird obsession. You are Homer Simpson. However... There's other things like donuts that could replace donuts if you got rid of them forever. You can make a piece of cake and put some frosting on it. It's almost the same thing. Now, you can't do that with sushi. Tacos are pretty unique. Bacon is bacon. bacon so Bacon, enough said. And bacon is good for me. It's good for me. Uh, so... I think my answer would be donuts for the simple reason is that there's... You can put... The wins above replacement for donuts is wins. low. There you go. Quote of the show, There's the something wins above <laughs> replacement. <Good laughs> we got to clip this one. I like it. The wins above replacement for donuts is low. Uh, there are replacement level things that could go in and get just the same results as donuts, whereas all the other things have unique things that they're, they're the war Travis is, is Snyder of the food groups. Travis Snyder, sure. <laughs> Let's go with I that. love it. Uh, so that's my answer. Uh, Alan's saying, get rid of sushi. Jordan's saying, you guys are wrong. Get rid of sushi every time. No brainer. Uh, then Jordan goes on to say that he's making a hashtag, lose the sushi. Lose the sushi. Uh, it's already trending across Canada. Jordan Janelle's going to get rid of tacos. Jordan says, lose the sushi or I'm cutting to black and going home. Oh, oh, I think Jordan's a little mad about this one. I think he might be. Uh, Janelle Barkman says, gotta get rid of tacos. Janelle, come on. 
And Robin says, get rid of the tacos. Guys, I have taco socks. I'm not getting rid of tacos. Yeah, I'm not getting rid of tacos anytime uh, soon. No. There's so, just so many ways you can do them. Like, uh, it's, just, it's like the perfect rolled food. Crunchwrap Supremes as well. You it's can do taco, hard shell, soft shell. Like I would almost say a small burrito. Love burritos. Oh, my, like, are burrito. burritos considered a taco? Uh, they're in the same Like If you eliminated food, tacos, in this argument, this, okay. is, this is important. If you eliminated tacos... Yeah, if you eliminated tacos, do, are burritos included in that? See, that's a tough one. See, that's why I'd never eliminate tacos, even if it's in the conversation, because I you love wouldn't want to put any doubt. Mucho on that. double chicken burrito, extra burrito sauce. That is my Thursday night order. Damn, All just right. kidding. It's usually Fridays, but anyways, well, mucho burrito. We, we lost Let's a director go. and a producer tonight, so uh, I guess we're gonna have to say good night. And, and it's Wednesday in Halifax. It's it looks Wednesday like. in Halifax. Thanks, Jamie, for staying awake. And we will see you guys next week. Get to your next work. tomorrow on the Rod Peterson Show, we got CEBL Saskatchewan Rattlers GM Barry Rollick and head coach Chad Jacobson. Oh, wow. They're joining us at the same time. Yeah, two at, two at once. And this is great. Humboldt Broncos alum Caleb Dahlgren just launched his new book. That's right. Called Crossroads. I remember that? He's going to be on with us tomorrow. Really Good looking stuff. forward to that. That'll be great. Uh, next week on the Squadcast, we're kind of juggling right now we got a lot of things that we might we got a lot of people we want to get on get a perfectly timed guest like we had tonight with zig there was so much boston sports talk i we didn't even fit it all in i want to get somebody from nashville so i think we got to we got to try a few things the hard part is they have a game on tuesday they do have a game on tuesday yeah i miss a lot but from the basement of the bunker we will see you next week a bacon wrap sushi taco bacon wrap sushi taco whoa Robin, you flabbergasted. Well, both donuts of us. are definitely out now. Donuts are definitely <laughs> out. Yeah. For, from the basement of the bunker, I'm signing off. I'm producer Clark, Mad Max, director Jordan, producer Alan, donut lovers in the back, plus our friends at Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions, IKS Media, Vigor Lifestyles, Hoop Life Basketball. We got a lot of good things coming up with Hoop Tons Life. Tons of good things with Hoop really Life. Really pumped yeah. about our thing with Hoop Life going on. And RBI Baseball. We'll see you next week. Now, this is an interesting one because you put a lyric on here for my closing lyric. There's a port on an eastern bay, and it serves up leaf losses all day. The GM says, Ecky, you're, fi- you're a fine D-man. What a great ad you would be. Yeah, your eyes and mine could steal a series win finally. And then it's just a bunch of doo-doo-doo-doos. Uh, We're going to get cut off Facebook for this, aren't we? Probably. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Have a great night.